Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, this is a show, a new show. We're calling it Three and Out. Uh, I'm Ryan Shadel. I'm Jeff Carr. Happy to be here. Very happy to be here. And uh, yeah, we're all sports fanatics in the Maryland area. Uh, and yeah, we just want to kind of, we're always talking to each other about sports, mostly football. So we kind of just want to bring it to light and kind of, you know, show you guys what we're thinking and how we think the way we do. And we're going to go from there. So the uh, the f- to DM Brian on Instagram, he will give you a hundred dollars. What happened? Out of your pocket. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. All right, hold yeah. Maybe this, we were talking about this yeah, before whoa. the show. Maybe if Derek whoa. Henry wouldn't have busted me in DFS cash last week, we could we could put out. But uh, yeah, right. I don't got that to put out right now. Uh, Derek Henry, what was it like forty yards or whatever? <laughs> Yikes! All right, but uh, yeah, the first thing we're uh, we're gonna kind of talk about here is what could be, and we've been saying this for the last two years. Uh, the AFC Championship preview. Uh, here early in the season between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, so I guess we can start with Jeff. I know, uh, you know, we've been thinking about this a lot. We've been kind of talking about it a lot in the offseason and whatnot with, you know, us three. And, uh, you know, what are your early thoughts? What are you looking forward to with this game? What do you what do you expect? Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs last week were, I don't want to say suspect, because, I mean, who would have thought that Tyrod Taylor had a punctured lung like an hour before the game? Wow. Like, that, that's actually a story. Like, I mean, I, prayers up, hopefully as a speedy recovery, because, like, that's wild. And yeah. it's the whole thing, like, not to get too off topic, but, like, Herbert stepping into a role where he really wasn't supposed to be this point in the year. It's like yeah. Jonathan Taylor, who people are saying is be, like, a top 10 fantasy running back the rest he of the year. He got thrown in early as well. Right. It's it's It reminds me of, like, Nick Chubb two years ago when they traded uh, Carlos Hyde. Or yeah. like Baker the, for the same team when uh, Ty, Tyrod again got hurt in Cleveland. But at least that was like I'm pretty sure Baker came in at least like, like four or five four. weeks in. It's yeah, like, like he at least five. had some time, yeah. you know. So yeah, I mean I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I started looking at the numbers. Like Tyrod had 6.9 yards per attempt. Herbert was 9.4. So like there's there's no way that the Chiefs game plan for Herbert. Herbert. Not at all. Because yeah. I mean he found out he was starting within an hour. Like right. it was within an hour of the game. So it wasn't like. In the, it was like in the hour of the game starting. Like I could not imagine not only, you know, the, like just looking at that game, but like being Andy Reid and, you know, game planning all week. We're getting to Rod Taylor. Like we know what we're getting out of him. We play him this one way. And maybe that's why Herbert succeeded so well is because he was playing into the Terod game plan. Yeah, there was a lot of downfield shots. Sorry, no, there's a lot of downfield shots to Keenan and Mike Will. And we know, like, that's been one of the ways to beat the Chiefs. Like, their secondary is fine, but, like, that's – you have to throw to keep up with them. Got to attack. I really don't think that that's a – that's an excuse that we can give to the Chiefs because that's a – a rookie quarterback is easier to stop than a game plan Tyrod Taylor. Like, you've I have, agree. You yeah. have film on, like, Tyrod Taylor, obviously. You've played him before, obviously. But at the same time, that was his first career start. Um, he wasn't supposed to – according to all reports since Hard Knocks, he wasn't supposed to start all year. This was Tyrod's team. And Delaney yeah. Cabana said this Tyrod's team over and over and over again. So to get to get thrown away, like to get thrown out by a rookie quarterback in his first start, to have to win in overtime on a 58-yard like goal. Back to back, man. Three of them. Three of them. Yeah, like I think Butter the Goat. Perfect word to describe it, Jeff. Yeah. It is suspect. I mean, like the Chiefs or the Texans hung 20 on them week one on the the opening game. A Texans offense that I didn't, me personally, I didn't think was, I didn't think it upgraded. 
Yeah, no, I didn't think David Johnson was like an upgrade. I didn't. I, I was willing to wait and see. No, I think David Johnson definitely was at that running back. The Texans were never like a good running team. You have like two good games from Duke Johnson, and but since Arian Foster, they haven't had a consistent run game. So I think more- they, they were right to bring in David Johnson, but again, I mean, like to give up the price, up, yeah. yeah, to give up what you gave up is just ridiculous. To me. Yeah, that. Like, it- well, say it was it was that, and like David Johnson just didn't look that good in Arizona last year. I mean, there were injuries, and they very well could have just casted him out. What right. I liked is the fact that they bought him low when they, they did oh. stepped in, but they gave up they they gave up more than they had to give up. They gave up weight. I like it, they could have probably not included Hop in that deal, and they probably still still would have gotten that deal done. I mean, anyone could have just taken James Robinson in the seventh, or as a free agent, <laughs> just had like the goat. <laughs> Or Miles Gaskin, if he was up Gaskin. on their practice squad. Yeah, I mean, like, r- the rookie running back class, every year it seems like for the last three or four, just been studs. So, I agree. The price was high. But, I mean, right. they made David Johnson look like he he looked in that 1,000-1,000-yard thousand, thousand season. Yeah. Right, right, right. He did. Indeed. Like, I mean, Will Fuller was playing a slot, had, like, nine for 104, something like that. So, it can be done against the Chiefs. Yeah. And I think of all teams, you know, yes, the Ravens didn't look – like you know you didn't see the the 40 point outbursts that we've been seeing all last season against the Texans last week but mm-hmm. you know that's just that's that's experience you know that's that's those kind of games just happen when you have two competitive young teams that are both up tempo they both you know it's a big game it's early in the season so a lot of people are still healthy it's just it's one of those games that just happens that you really can't look too far into so i think this one is going to be a lot of fun I agree. Yeah. What do you guys, what do you guys think is um, – if you have to pick a key to the game for both sides, what do you think is the key to the game for um, – Ryan, I'll ask you for the Ravens. Who, what, like, what's the key to the, to the game? And, Jeff, what's the key to the Chiefs? Um, I mean, I think it'll just be – it'll – you know, I, I am a huge believer in play action because I think yes. the last, you know, few seasons we see just numbers across the league – you know, the better you run the ball and the better you option off of running the ball, uh, I think you succeed. There's a reason why a bunch of teams go that, you know, they perform so well in play action passing. Um, so it's, you know, it's a matter of, you know, Lamar finding his groove and, um, you know, early establishing the run. I'm not a believer in trying to establish the run for four quarters if it isn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, get those early down rushes out of the way and, you know, option off those those runs early because we know that the Ravens the 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 first read in every passing play is tight end yeah um so you know get those tight end tight ends involved you know get the middle of the field closed off a little bit so you have those outside you know burners on the fly and you know you you just kind of have fun with it but I mean we saw last week if Herbert was able to do it what's the excuse for you know somebody like Lamar Jackson and, and that such a poised offense to be able to do it yeah, from like a DFS perspective, I know one of the things a lot of people do is target running backs against the Chiefs, notably like pass catching running backs. Yeah. Uh, because they don't, I don't want to say anyone in the NFL is never like an athlete, but they don't have the most like athletic front seven that can really cover guys in space. So maybe mm-hmm. some screen plays. Yeah. And their linebackers action, have like always been a little suspect. I mean, they brought in Charles Suggs at the end of last year. Yeah. Who was, he was good. Sorry, no. But it was like, he was good, but like, he, you know, he, he, he wasn't. He's not the, the same guy. He's not the same box-to-box right. box guy. Exactly. You know? So maybe some more – like maybe we'll see some Justice Hill this week. I mean, he's he was inactive the last couple of weeks. 
or if not, if nothing else, maybe check down to Dobbins, get Gus yeah. involved. Of course. I, I think for me comes to like this game comes to or from the Ravens' perspective, like the Ravens we saw last year, just get up early. Like that's yep. if you get up early, you can gas them running the ball. You Buzzing. can control the time. You got a buzz. Over two hundred yards rushing the last, or almost two hundred yards rushing the last two games. To um, I would say that maybe I'm a little biased at saying this, but I definitely think that we have the better running back group than the than the last two teams they face, especially like the yeah. Chargers. Yeah, and definitely. So I think I think the biggest like this is this is the easiest thing to say for any analyst, but hurt them like hurt them where they're hurt the most, and that's stopping the run. They can't stop the run, especially in the it, like they generate interior pass rush really well with Stephen. Really well. What's his name? Chris Jones and. Uh, Frank Clark, but outside of that, the interior, like the interior cannot stop throwing, especially once it gets to that second level with the linebackers that have not right. – that have been gassed and gassed and gassed this year. So I think it's just traditional Baltimore, just running the game. And like Brian said, once you start running the game, like that opens up for play action. And just if we get up early, that's – I think whoever scores – like the, whoever scores first wins the game, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's like – I don't mean to interrupt, but being a – I'm a Cowboys fan for all that don't know. The last few years, it's been some – like, you know, Zeke talks about it nonstop. The offensive line talks about it nonstop. It's if you gash them early. Um, and and it, I know Baltimore's backfield's a similar way. You know, if you just keep pounding and pounding and pounding, those those offensive line guys by the third and fourth quarter – they have a lot more juice left in them because they feed off of that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, by the time you get to the fourth quarter, that's, that's the marathon. Like that's, that's, that's the sprint. Like right. that's, that's right. the easiest, that's the easiest spot for the running back. Cause it's like, I've been killing them all game. I'm going to keep doing it. Cause I'm not tired and I'm just going to keep running. And it's three of them in Baltimore. I mean, Gus, like this is something that Holm and I talk about. Yeah. Gus Edwards is like one of the most slept on running backs in the entire league. Like, there's a lot of teams. Three years. Yeah. There were, he would walk in and start. I mean, the dude had, like, what, almost 700 yards last year, and he, like, didn't start a game. So we can kind of touch on that in a little bit after Jeff gives his uh, his stance. Yeah. Reminded me to talk about Gus Edwards. because I, I like that. that. Put your foot down, Ryan. I like that. Yeah. Well, let me add one more thing. Just last year, the, the final score was 33-28 Chiefs in yes. Arrowhead in week three. The Ravens were down at halftime, and they outscored Kansas City 15-3 to in the fourth and 22-10 to in the second half. The Ravens had to play from behind, and that was one of the only, if not the only game last year, maybe San Francisco was back and forth last year, but where the Ravens didn't get out to that early lead and then control the tempo like they normally do. So I think the run game is a key. I think you said Mark Andrews is key. And, I, again, I want to talk bad about anyone on the Chiefs because their front seven is definitely a good pass rush, but they're not the most athletic in space. Yeah. Now, to the Chiefs, it's kind of a similar point. My the question I have is who's going to cover Travis Kelsey for the Ravens? So Baltimore's down Tavon Young. In their meeting in 2018, Kelsey went 7 for 77 in a tutty. Last year, he went 7 for 89. And my question is, like, who's going to cover the 6'5", 260-pound Kelsey? Like, is it going to be the rookie Patrick Queen in his third career start? Is it going to be Marlon? Like, like who's it going? Because the Ravens don't really have that guy in the middle of the field yet. I think they're hoping it's Patrick Queen long-term. But that can cover – you talk about first read to the tight end. I mean, it's the same game plan for Mahomes. Yeah, it's deep, and then if it's not deep, it's Kelsey. 
Right, like Watkins isn't playing, so like maybe that's a plus. Or I shouldn't say that. Watkins is questionable at this point. <laughs> I think didn't practice today. So that takes away a threat. But, I mean, we've seen Miko Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. like Step both. up when they have to. Exactly. So I think Kelsey is going to be like the big X factor for the Chiefs. And, I mean, this line just feels so artificial at Baltimore minus three and a half. Like Vegas, Vegas likes the Ravens kind of like we do. But it's tough. Yeah, I mean, this game could easily be a field goal game. Let me let me. I can't answer this question, but let me try to go at the question on who's exactly gonna, yeah who's going to go with Kelsey. I know for a fact that it's not going to be Chuck Clark. You cannot for sure. Up, you cannot give up. He's he's our he's our biggest he's like he's our biggest and most physical or most athletic body that we have in the backfield. But he's just he's needed in the middle of the field, especially against the receiver that they have. We cannot. We cannot give up speed. Yeah, and that yeah. Opens in the middle. So it's it's it is not going to be him. And also to the point of Patrick Queen, like the defense has been, besides some bursts against the um, the Browns, who are maybe the best running team in the NFL. Um, he's been really used in the middle of the field, not much in pass coverage, but um, in stopping the run, and in pass rushing through the interior, even as a like as a linebacker. And I think that that's going to change the whole – how the whole defense plays if they know – or if he, if he's not in the middle of the field and if he's on Travis Kelsey duty. He'll, yeah. definitely, he'll definitely get some double looks. But I think consistently running either Pat, Chuck Clark or Patrick Queen just changes your defense completely and just asks for, like, nightmares. But, again, like, I trust if, – if Martindale does do that, I'm sure that he'll either be doubled or um, – or like in answering your question, I'm sure that he'll be double like at like at any point and just have at least one person back for just Tyree kill duty. Like, cause all you have to do is control right. build the field and speed above the first yeah. in the secondary. Keep somebody in center field. Right. Yeah. I don't feel like you need to play Kelsey at the line. You can give up like the two to three yard stuff. Right. But that but was I mean, yeah, you know, he's going to get it. You know, he's going to exactly. get from zero to seven. Like that's, that's what he does is where he converts. Like that's how he gets his game going. We saw it in overtime last week. I think it was like two of the passes early on in the drive before they went to Clyde Edwards were just like – there were a couple dump-offs to Clyde, and then there were just a couple like short yardage passes to Kelsey. Maybe mm-hmm. the fourth quarter to go tie it, but uh, yeah. I mean, what, yeah, we know, we know what, Kelsey's going to get his. What he's so good is with – even with those passes, like that a normal tight end would get three to four yards, he turns out at 15. And that if, – if Kelsey gets going like that, that's – Tough to stop. Yeah, it's tough to stop, and I think the momentum will go straight to Kansas City. Yeah, so I, think, I think finding a way to slow Kelsey is definitely going to be like the key to the game for the defense. And you bring up a good point. If you sell out for Kelsey, then Tyree Kill is just going to burn you. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to find a way to kind of disguise that coverage, disguise that second man, or you know, disguise something to where it's you know you don't get killed by Kelsey, but you just limit it. Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you, Ben don't break right. you know, exactly. mindset. You know yeah. they're going to get red zone trips. You know he's going to get catches. You just have to limit the damage. Exactly. Limit if you. I mean, there's a it, limit them to three on a couple drives, and yeah. and I think that game is very winnable. Yeah. No, I think it'll be close. I, that's why I think like Vegas side a little bit. I mean, I think three and a half is just like too much because I feel like it's going to be a three like a field goal. I, I think, mean, at the end of the day, isn't the home field advantage three? Don't they give yeah. home team three anyway? generally but i think like the extra half is because like the the end of the chargers game like we were talking about last week yeah i think it yeah, makes, yeah. like if you saw a lot of power rankings this week even like this week over or over the chiefs they sway towards the Ravens number one so i think that that like at, that three and a half makes sense in my opinion no oh, yeah. yeah of course yeah. 
But something I was going to bring up, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a clip of uh, Sean Elliott going up to Earl Thomas last year on the bench, and there was like a soundbite. It's like, like we haven't heard your name, like where you've been. And then he's like, I'm a, I play free safety, bro. Like, it's good that you haven't heard my name. Yeah. And that just made me think, like, if if we see Chuck Clark consistently tackling Travis Kelsey. That's a problem. That's a, that's a problem for the defense. Yeah, that is, yep. That's a that problem. Level. And that's when, once, once Chuck Clark's, like, just, like, instinct, instinctively just starts giving out, like, a little more space up front, that opens up a lot more for yeah, back doors open. Burners. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why that center field position, it's like you play center as a free safety. It's like just keep everything in front of you. Yeah. Everything in front. It's so hard to do against the Chiefs. That's the problem. They have two guys. Burners. Yeah. And now you got to worry about Clyde and Darrell Williams. I mean, that team is just – they're stacked. And they're, they're good for – they're a Super Bowl champs for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mahomes. We haven't even said the name Patrick Mahomes. Like, right, right, right. And that's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's a scary thing. Yeah, like, it, yeah. I mean, they, they could have Mitch Trubisky back there and it'd be scary. <laughs> right. And then, like, now you put a guy who's MVP, Super Bowl winner. <laughs> you know, like, uh, he just uh, got paid. Yeah. It's, oh, know, he got paid. Generational talent. Yeah, he's setting that quarterback market for Lamar when Lamar wins it this year. Yeah, right. Well, it's Monday night. Like, the, like yeah. home's on Monday night. It's just. We'll see. Yeah, no. This. It's just so – sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I would say it's just so good to be a football fan right now when you have yeah. two no, no. young quarterbacks who – this is like the new Brady Manning. It's cliche. We're not the first ones to say it. We're not going to be the last, but we're going to get this matchup every year because I don't think the Ravens are going to stop winning the division anytime soon. I don't think the, the – front office is too good. Both teams, management, coaching staff, everything on both teams is just too, too class to ever coaching. let these teams burn out. Yeah, and it's the coaching tree of Andy Reid, Harbaugh. Like, it's just the narratives yeah. are there. Legit, they're, they're the, 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 both the Har- Super Bowl winners. Harbaugh birthday week narrative. Does that play in at all? Mm-hmm. It could. Winner for a Harbaugh baby. So I guess something that I was, yeah. So something that I kind of alluded to or uh, was going to allude to is, um, I saw a tweet earlier that was saying that usually week three is a good, uh, it's a good marker for um, us, you know, the, the Twitter general managers <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to kind of look in and say like, what players could we see traded? Where could they go? Week three is usually that point where you're like, all right, maybe that, you know, they've, they, every team's usually played a not so great and a great team. So you right. can kind of see the benchmark on each side and, you, you know, so I guess my question is, to me, Gus Edwards is one of those guys to where I think a lot of teams can look in and say, hey, there's, there's been some running back injuries. You know, there's been some visits by uh, free agents um, and practice squads have been looked at. So, you know, if you're another team or I guess how many other teams do you think look in at Gus, at Gus Edwards and say, yeah, this guy's a baller? I mean, do we do we think the Giants looked at him? Do we think Carolina looked at him? I mean, I don't think so. Like the Giants moved too quick. I feel like. And also, like both those teams don't have much to offer besides. Picks. It'd be picks. It'd be picks. Yeah. yeah. But again, I I personally I'm not I'm nowhere near like GM ready like you like YouTube. But um, <laughs> I don't I don't see like this team giving away Gus. No, I agree. Unless it's like unless it's for like. Big. That's yeah. that's that's yeah. 
unless it's like a desperation pool, like a like a I mean, just somebody throws a second at us, and it's just like, well, why not? We need like filling somewhere else. Like I'll get it, but at this point, like he's a like he's a like he's in his prime. Like you, I guess you sell them high, but also like write it, write it out. Right. Yeah. Let, and before let, you got to pay him before, cause you know, he's like, at, at some point he's got to look at himself and say, Hey, I'm pretty valuable. You know, I've got to have a market somewhere. He's got what, this is one year left after this, I believe. Yeah, maybe. Let me, let me look this up because here, here's a trade. This might sound wild, but if the, the bears are two and zero, to go back to the bears, if the bears start tanking, David Montgomery is already dealing with the groin. If he gets hurt again, I would love Allen Robinson in Baltimore just to fit. The type of player he is, obviously yeah. the skill is like not comparable, but let me contracts and find like, is, is this a trade? If, if the yeah. contracts line up, like, no, obviously it's still a young something. back in David Montgomery. So this is probably just like magical Christmas land, never going to happen. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, the, the fact that offers, maybe not necessarily for Allen Robinson, but offers for Gus can be entertained. Oh, for sure is not out of the question but do the ravens even want to get rid of him like no said i i don't think so like i think the ravens no. are happy with what they have and i think when you look at it and and this is something that i kind of looked at you know recently and and for a while now it's it, there's this narrative that having a big name running back is great and believe me it's it's nice to have a guy that you know you can lean on mm-hmm. um but if you look at the last I don't know, five to 10 Super Bowl champions. None of them have that, like, that sexy big name running back. Like, the top five fantasy running backs every year usually aren't, they don't end the season with a ring. They just don't. And it's like, you know, what's that? Or even in the playoffs, like, yeah. No playoffs, Zeke, no playoffs last year. So it's like, you know, how many, it's like having that big name running back is nice, but it's like, it seems like a lot of teams they they succeed with that running back by committee route because yeah. you're not you're not paying like you you know you're not paying a guy a top market value but you got two to three changes of pace that teams can't game plan against because you could change things up at any minute you know Jeff, Jeff can talk about this specific topic for like yeah. the rest of his life yeah we spent an entire hour podcast yeah. talking about paying running backs versus not running backs are just like the one position that you don't need to pay yeah yeah it's like like reduce reuse recycle (laughs) let him go draft early like that's yeah i agree every year the dobbins fall to your third pick like of course you're gonna take that (laughs) yeah like every year we know some kid's gonna be coming out of the sec that just ran for 1200 yards and is gonna be a household name because of fantasy football yep and like, I just looked up the contracts, by the way, because this is kind of ties in that point. So Gus signed this year a one-year seven hundred fifty thousand dollar deal. Bargain. Yeah, it's a uh, base salary, so nothing. What What does that show you? What does that show you about Gus? That he likes the atmosphere, man. Yeah. He likes the winning culture. He doesn't want to go. He knows he's going to get paid. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. Because after this season, I think he has no reason to. Unless they, you know, I think if he wins the Super Bowl, I think he he can look back and say, you oh, know what, I'll entertain. Well, I want him to get paid. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Take care of your guys. I want him to get paid elsewhere. Yeah, get right. your bag. Yeah, yeah and, and then Allen Robinson. This is last year of his deal. His cap hit is fifteen million this year. So, like, if the Bears are out of it, I mean, they're two and zero right now with some skin of their teeth wins. Yeah. If if the Bears start tanking, they want to get at us. Like we know, Allen Robinson doesn't want to be in uh, Chicago. If the Bears seems like the front office don't really like, like they don't, 
if they were in on it, they would have gotten the deal done. Yeah, he would have gotten his bag, like we were just talking about. He would have gotten the extension. Allen Robinson is like – I mean, he was great last year. I think he was like a top 12, top 15 fantasy wide receiver with Mitch Trubisky being as bad as he was. And But, I mean, just a big body guy like that, I think in Baltimore would be amazing. So, yeah, it, like in, I think some people that don't understand the contract side would be like Allen Robinson for Gus Edwards. Like, what are you talking about? But it's like, no, these are guys on the expiring end of their deal. You know, David Montgomery is a young running back, but he really hasn't been that productive. Gus is a guy who is so slept on. You know, I don't know if trading for a running back is necessarily what the Bears want to be doing, but again, it's a way for them to clear some cap, get rid of a guy who I'm not in the locker room, so I can't comment on how Allen Robinson is. But obviously, we just talked about there's a disconnect between the front office and Allen Robinson. From what we see, yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. And you know, I think he just sorry to cut you off. He could step into that like Miles Boykin or like uh, the rookie wide receiver role this year, like that wide. He would easily take over the wide receiver three spot, push that guy out, but probably be like the wide receiver one in terms of like, we're still probably going to play Hollywood on every, you know, all the passing downs. And then you'll probably see a lot of Miles Boykin or Willie Sneed, or they play, you know, 12 personnel, two tight end sets. And then you just get a very healthy dose of Allen Robinson to compliment. He he extends the field because like, and with, with Hollywood, what you've noticed recently is he's, He's played by, by like at least two bodies at like all times. Because they don't want to give up that like. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's seeing a lot of opening down the middle, and that's where he's just been thriving yeah. for like these third down connection, and an Allen Robinson on the outside that would like Miles Ma, Boykin. He's not say he's underrated, but he doesn't have he doesn't just like Aiden Hurst last year. He didn't have he doesn't have as much to like work with in terms of like proving his worth. Yeah. But Allen Robinson like you'll like you'll people will fear you like you'll have four people like in charge of two of your receivers and that opens up so much for you yeah i mean he's a wide receiver one like he's got he he could be wide receiver one for a lot of teams right now and that's the thing it's like he he it's like you don't have a lot of times you don't need the numbers so to say like if he were to come to baltimore right like he doesn't need to put up uh you know 1200 receiving yards to command his respect Mm -hmm. like people are already going to give him the respect. So they're already going to say like, all right, we need to be accountable for this guy. Like, even if he isn't proven in that Ravens offense at the end of the day, it's still Allen Robinson. Like you still have to, you know, you still have to be accountable for him. Yeah. And I'm looking at the salary cap. So the Ravens have 3.38, almost 3.4 in cap space. And if you cancel out Gus's salary going the other way, that'd be four. So they're still six short, but I'm, I wonder if they can do some sort of restructuring or if it's like a sign and trade, like a sign and trade. Or yeah, a bonus. They, they can, give, bo- it, they can yeah. give it to them in a bonus, which I'm is a sure. lot of teams do. I'm sure, Well, because they, they have to still clear the six for this year is what I'm saying. Yes. But I'm sure they could potentially re- like re- sign trade and restructure. Oh, yeah. Teams do it all the time. And, and like I said, a lot of teams have been doing a lot of, you know, they, when they restructure deals, they form it into a bonus so that the players still get that money or it's like you get it on like as soon as you put pen to paper. Yeah. So, you know, it's like a, an immediate guarantee, which is like good for, it's great for players. Cause it's like, yeah. I get like 5 million and I don't have to play a snap. Like it's great, but it's like a little bit of security on both ends, you know? Yeah. I'm not a cap expert, but I'm sure, like, these teams have made crazier things work. Oh yeah. I mean, look at Mahomes' homes deal. I would say, look at the Lakers. I mean, different sport, but like <laughs> if, if the Lakers can still pay everyone, I mean, I'm sure that uh, you can get some really, really, really smart. You can Ivy get League some lucrative accountants. deals done. I'll yeah. say you just get some Ivy League accountants in there and play with the numbers. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you could fit Allen Robinson on the Ravens. Yeah, we got a little sidetrack, but I mean, that guy would just be awesome. Oh, 100%. Or um, Baltimore. 
So, yeah, I guess kind of just segueing. Um, I know we talked a lot about quarterback play. I mean, guys, not fully, but what's that? You guys want to do picks before we move on for this game? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we can do that. You guys go for it. I mean, if I'm taking spread, I'm going to take the Chiefs three and a half just because I, that half point to me is like, this game is going to probably be a field goal game. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be decided on a field goal, but um, I know there's – Ravens win Chiefs cover? Ravens win Chiefs cover? Everyone's happy? I, I mean, I, that's what I'm thinking. Like, the sports better in me says yes to that, but yeah. it, at the end of the day, it's like that just seems like the logical thing for the Ravens to win this game. I mean, they're coming off two – dominant win i mean not dominant win but they're two strong wins like lamar has broken a sweat lamar has not looked like he has had to play anywhere close to the caliber he has played in the close games last year yeah they haven't demanded much of him you know and it's like that's the big thing it's like lamar is basically coming off of two weeks of rest for him you know for him those two weeks have been they haven't been sleepers but at the same time it's like you know he hasn't like you said he hasn't been demanded of much like he doesn't he still has all of what he's got it's week three um they're relatively healthy up front, which is big. Yeah. Um, so Bryce I, Campbell. It's just another <laughs> big ad. She's, uh, I, I just think I, I think Ravens win this game, but like I said, I think I think Justin Tucker's the money guy this week. Yeah, I mean the other thing is the games, the last two matchups, 27-24, 33-28, both in Arrowhead. Now you go to M and T, go Take to, the, it to bank, the bank, baby. To the bank. Yeah, Monday bank. night, like under the lights. Hopefully the Chiefs wear white <laughs> pants. Hopefully the Chiefs wear white pants. Yeah, if my, the Chiefs go all white, Ravens easy. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess my my pick: Ravens by a billion, but the Chiefs cover. <laughs> Ra- Ravens by a billion, but the Chiefs cover. Yeah, I mean, like this. I'm going a little more bold. What are you going? I think going ten. Ravens by ten. Ravens thirty-five. Okay. Twenty-seven. Okay. So you got to score a game. You got a one score game. One on score game. Okay. But it's you know, it's it's really double the to, I was I was really close to making it a ten point game because I think if anything, they the Chiefs don't settle for field goals, they go for it in short yard situations. Yeah. So I think they get maybe one and miss one and that that leads to maybe like a, a twenty four thirty five rather than a Okay. I can respect that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think yeah. the game being at M&T Bank, I think it speaks volumes. You know, it's Mahomes' first game there. Granted, yeah. it's not with fans, which no isn't fans. which isn't the best. But you know, I think just the atmosphere in general is is enough for for a guy to come in and even be spooked a little bit. You know, they so. got those new lights, the new LEDs that like flash really crazy yeah. after a touchdown. Hey. That could be big. I thought something was wrong with my TV when I saw it for the first time last year. <laughs> like, is it, like, I'm so used to the stadium lights got to like heat up, you know? Yeah, right. Now they're they're just, blinking them like it's yeah, nothing. Blinking them, it's crazy. Um, so is, yeah, I think the next. Well, sorry, sorry. Yeah, this is this is my first time that any time we played Mahomes that I said we were, we're going to win this game. But like the last yeah. time I knew, like, going into the regular lose. Maybe that's like me saying, "Oh, like I hope for the best, but wish for the like, or hope for the best, prepare for the worst." But uh-huh. yeah. I definitely think that this is a team that's capable of not yeah. thrashing, but like handling this team well. Yeah, I think handling is like the best way of saying it because it's like nobody is going to predict the Ravens to rip this team apart, and yeah. nobody's going to predict the Chiefs to do you know the other. But yeah. I think, yeah, I, I genuinely, yes, yeah, of course, yeah, don't want to see um, that, but. No, yeah, but with what we've seen, it it's definitely a possibility, and it's not a good one. Um, but, you know, I, I agree. I think handling is the best way of putting it because I, I definitely do think the Ravens can handle this Chiefs team. I think if it's, if it's anybody that can do it 
you know, say if they played 10 times, if it's anybody that can handle this team more than like five times out of 10, I think it's the Ravens. Like, I think they have enough personnel. I think they have like the coaching staff. I think they have everything. Um, and of course, analytics. Yeah. Big, big winner there. It's all good. Cause we get to see this matchup again in January. Of course. So even, even if we get it wrong this time, we'll be watching it. Uh, for, <laughs> for the Super Bowl. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think the Ravens make the playoffs. guys. Oh, good. You're all right. right. We'll see you all next week. I got to gotta get The AFC going. North is stacked. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, well, we can move to another AFC North team. We can, and that's what we will do. Um, like I said, we talked about quarterbacks here a little bit just now. Um, and we shift to a game with two quarterbacks that, you know, one we're seeing a little bit of promise from, um, and one that we're seeing a weird regressional pattern regression. I guess that's a word. I don't know. Eagles but fans. We're, that, that, yeah. right now, Eagles fans. we're just, I mean, yeah, we're just seeing a, a, a state of regression, whether that's coaching wise or whatever with Carson Wentz and, and, and the Eagles. Um, so yeah, we have Eagles bangles. Uh, the game is in Philly, I believe. It's in Philly. Yep. Okay. Philly's um, four and a half point favorite right now opened at five and a half, which is not, by all means commanding to me and no, i think game. yeah and i think I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people f- you know looked at the bangles and said you know bangles plus five and a half looks pretty good like especially yeah. with how burrow's been playing like granted it was the browns um and the chargers it was a weird game um you know but he very well could have won that game week one and i think it's a completely different narrative on on his you know his first two starts so um i guess my question to you guys is what do we see uh in burrow and wentz you know positive wise and negative wise and how that could impact this game i mean burrow's gonna chuck it yeah 100%. like like yeah i mean the over under in this game is 47 and a half i mean that just feels so low i'd take the over with two defense like at least the Bengals yeah. defense is banged up and the eagles defense isn't isn't some, showing, you know. Something we'll talk about. So, like, you can just get into it now. Like, Geno Atkins is out. Mike Daniels is questionable for the Bengals. Didn't practice today, Friday. You know, so you're going to have two defensive linemen missing, for likely, for Cincinnati. Miles yeah. Sanders looked pretty good off the hamstring last weekend. You know, I know, like, the DFS community and the fantasy community loves Miles Sanders this week. We just saw the uh, Browns tandem kind of tear it up against the Bengals defense yeah so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Eagles jump out to like an early lead you know Burrow overthrows AJ Green or AJ Green drops a ball we'll talk about that too (laughs) but uh you know Eagles jump out to a lead Burrow starts chucking it from behind and yeah this game just feels like points and we're in a home set in the, the Ravens game the first score will win I'm pretty sure the last score is going to win this game okay I like that yeah Obviously, no. I'm no, 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 no. Well, I mean, you could have like uh, no, no, you no, you like, like, yeah. thirty-four ten, and then they score like a field goal. Yeah, like the garbage yeah, time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll let you slide with that. Uh, I think it's close. I, I think it's a close game too, and I don't think it's uh for the Bengals. It's a, it's going to be a crazy passing attack kind of day. The, okay. we Interesting. The, the Eagles are the fifth-ranked passing defense in the in the league so far. Big play Slay. Darius Slay makes all the difference, man. He's he's he's, a top, a he, he's not getting enough up. credit. He no. is not getting enough credit, and he never has because he was with Detroit. Small and now market. He's with Philly. Detroit. Yes, he's gone yep. from small to you know I guess medium, medium. size in Philly. Yeah. So it's like 
I, I agree, Nahom. I think the Eagles' defense is good, but it's like, can they make up that difference in the running game? Because we saw Daryl Henderson torch them last week. Yeah, that's 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 where it's interesting. They have the fifth ranked pass defense, the ranked run defense. It's just and a funnel. Yeah. Even though, Mick, sorry, I said it's just a funnel. Yeah, like it's how you beat Phil, you just run. Right. Yeah, right, right. I think even though Mixon has like had his weak start to the game, like if you look at it, like like I said earlier with the Ravens, like attack them where it hurts, and that's the like that's that's the running game. Yeah, and, and um, Fletcher Cox is questionable, so I'm pretty sure he did practice. Um, Today, he might have been limited. Um, most likely, I think he did practice in full today, but that is something worth noting because he is one of the best run stoppers in the league, and he has been for a long time now. So that's just kind of a little you know, asterisk that, that yeah. can be monitored, but Cox I think he goes. Cox questionable yes. as of Friday. Okay. And also, even on the other end, I think that for the Eagles, it's a rushing kind of game too, or like a rushing day kind of game. Agreed. Um, Cincinnati's 30th. Yeah, against the uh, against the run last, last week didn't week, help. They got <laughs> best. hell no. Arguably the best running back duo in the league. Who did they play week one? The the uh, Washington Washington football team. Uh, they played for behind, so like most of the running, most most of the yardage that led them to be the thirtieth running came from last week, last week's game. But again, like just hit them where it hurts. Um, it's a copy. It's like it's a copycat league. You hear this all the time. If one team does one thing well against another team and you're playing them next week, you do the same thing and it's the best way you can. Just keep it simple. Right, right. So I yeah. think it's a ground game for both teams. Um, yeah. Less- does that make that over less appealing? Is that over a trap? Could be. What's the over? What's the over? It's Eagles by – It's 47 and a half, and it opened at 46. Hmm. So it's gone up. I don't think, I don't think I'll take that over. I, st- I still think we're going to see I, – I, I think you're right. I think the ground game will define the game, but I still think we're – I mean, Burrow just threw 62 passes in a game he was trailing. And was, to be fair, down. they only lost that game by five. They were down the whole game, though. They were down by – they were coming back from, like, 10 or 14 points lead, so they had – Yeah, they were chasing They the had – right. And the, the Philly's not a team where they're going to be, like, gonna be down like that. Like, I'm sorry to respect all Eagles fans, but they're not going to be – They're the Browns are a better team, in my opinion. They're not – they're not going to go up one of them like that. So I think this will be a close game. If anything, I personally would not take the over. I don't know, what, I don't know how you guys feel about that. It's okay. tough. I don't think. I just don't think if I was betting, I would bet this game in terms of the over/under. Yeah, I think it's a weird one. That it feels I would like a trap. Around. Yeah, I would stay. I'd stay away from it for sure. But I do want to adjust your point about Slay because who do we think Slay is going to see? Is it going to be AJ Green? Because you know, I, I looked into some AJ Green numbers. So AJ Green, week one, nine targets caught five of them for 51 yards last week 13 targets caught three for 29 yards this year he's tied for the 10th lowest separation less than two yards 1.9 uh at the time of his catchers and completions i mean that's down from two two and a half and two and two point four in 2016 and 2017 so i mean the numbers say aj green is not getting as open as he has been before it's only a half yard so like we don't know what that really translates to but then when burrow isn't targeting aj green he was 66% completion percentage week one, 70% last week. So is a way to leverage Slay to target a slot Tyler Boyd. Because, I mean, Tyler Boyd was a guy who was super high on coming into the year. Tyler Boyd looked really good last year out of the slot. Yep. And if, if they just feed A.J. Green to Darius Slay and just target Tyler Boyd, do, do we think that that is a path? I think, Ron, do you want to jump in first? I have, I have one quick thing to say. I mean, um, yeah, go ahead. 
So Darius Slay's snap count this year, I just looked it up. His slot rate this year is 8.1%. 8 so, or 80? Sorry. 8%. 8%. 8%. That's okay. 26. That's 26 amongst, amongst cornerbacks. And I can't even name 25 other cornerbacks off of the top of my head. He is – he's not – so, like, based off of this alone, they're not going to adjust for a Tyler Boyd. Maybe yeah. from – Right. He played in the South. So, I think he's – his matchup is actually great. Ryan, if you want to jump in after that. I mean, I, I know me personally. I, I'm, I know if I'm thinking, you know, if I'm thinking Philly, it's like if there's one – wide receiver that burrow has looked the most comfortable throwing to it's been boyd yeah uh so no i mean when i think about it it's like okay well if i'm philly i'm gonna say all right well the idea is to make the quarterback you know put them under pressure make them look you know give them some uncomfortability and make them do things that they normally wouldn't do um so i think that very well could mean that they play slay on boyd and just have them follow so that burrow is forced to go with things that he hasn't been forced to do um but i very well see your point with aj green because you know that is a guy that you don't want to catch fire against you because we've seen it in numerous previous years where when aj when aj green goes he goes we know Um, his ceiling his everyone everyone knows the ceiling yeah so it's like you know would you rather be torched by a potential aj green day or would you rather chase the safe route in you know, not fully taking Boyd away, but just limiting Boyd so that Burrow has to beat you elsewhere. I yeah. think it's a double-edged sword. You don't really know what you have to do, and I think they could just mix it up all day. Gio has gotten a lot of this short yardage passing work. Right. And then a guy who actually, like, he, he passed the eye test for me, and, I mean, he's a DFS value for me this week, is Drew Sample, the tight end. Yes. Uzoma went down. Yeah, he's another one of those guys that's going to play short yardage. I don't know what his A dot is, but I, I would take the under on like seven and a half. It's, it's no, but be- I mean he's got good. Um, he, he was he's targeted in the red zone as well, which yeah, like, is what, yeah. I mean, fancy. It's what you like to see out of out of the you know your dart throws, where it's like you need guys that are more touchdown dependent because you know they grab one or two on top of you know thirty or forty receiving yards. You have yourself your two three times, you know, two to five times for the week, and then you know you're safe in the tight end spot. Yeah, I'm not going to lie and say I know a lot about Drew Sample. Like, I don't know where he went to college, but I mean, he had nine targets week one. He was a guy that Burrow looked like he was targeting. You know, yeah. we know Burrow is a guy that can take the deep shots, but he also worked really well out of the slot. Short yardage yeah. at LSU, short yardage with Clyde Edwards. Like, that's, it, that's, it, where, that's where his game is. Yeah, yeah. That, that's his game. Yeah, I don't. I think people have this misconception that, like, Burrow is going to chuck it 62 times, and I even said that, but I don't think we're going to see, like, 20-yard bombs on all 60 of those passes. No, he's a smart I, guy. Right, like, he doesn't right. – He's the one pick for a reason. Thing. Exactly. Like, that's why he succeeded so well because, like, he's a guy that just – he lets the game come to him. Right, he takes what the defense gives, and it's, it's another cliche, but I think we saw it at LSU because, I mean, they got down in the, uh, the natty against Clemson. Yeah. I mean – it was Clemson. Yeah, it was Natty against yeah. Clemson. He just t- he took what Clemson gave him. He looked poised. Like, he looked yeah. safe. Like, he looked like he wasn't ever overthrowing. He wasn't ever underthrowing. Like, he just looked comfortable. And I think that's another thing that's going to make him a really, really good NFL quarterback is he's, he's, he's been able to look so comfortable with a not-so-great offensive line, with not the greatest of options, not the healthiest of options, I should say. Um, right. so, you know, give him another two, three years and given what he's shown already, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm in on Burrow. I like him a yeah. lot and I think he could really show us something, um, you know, where we haven't seen in recent years where you might be able to succeed drafting a big five, a, you know, a big five conference quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, another thing is that Burrow uses his legs, and that seems to be, like, the mold for the NFL quarterback now. It's yeah. not these guys that are just pocket passers, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why Baker struggles. Because not to not, – not, 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 not ricochet shots at Baker, but, like, when the pocket collapses, you see Baker kind of crumble under the pressure. And I think you see some of guys like Trubisky do that too. Uh, where you guys in the league like Josh Allen, Russ Wilson, Lamar – even Kyler, guys that can step up in the pocket and make the throw, or guys that can just escape that coverage and rush and take a broken play that would be just throw away in completion, get four, yeah. five, six out of it. We saw Burrow have what was like a 24, 25 yard run week one for the for touchdown. touchdown. Well, a broken play. That was it. No, that was a design key. Was it? Was it design? Okay. Yeah, he just followed the center straight through the middle. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we, we know Burrow can run. I mean, he just he, he passes the eye test after two games. It's small sample size, but we saw it at LSU. So. Yeah, I mean, guys like Tyler, like, Slay is definitely a consideration for A.J. Green. But if they just feed A.J. Green to Slay, get Tyler Boyd, get Sample, a little bit of Gio Bernard in there. Maybe even some John Ross as well. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Take the first. top off. Yeah. I think as, as like, the defensive guru of us three. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think uh, what, how I would game plan against this team is, like, you have to worry about the middle of, like, the middle of the field. Like, Mixon running through the middle, and also Sample and Boyd, the slot receiver, and obviously the tight end. And the best way to do that is just stack ten people around that specific area, and just let the, let your best defender worry about their like their biggest offensive threat. And that's AJ Green. Right. Something yeah. I want to bring up about Tyler Boyd is um, this is the reason why I haven't been two of, two out of the three things that I'm in in fantasy. Because um, I told you to draft them all everywhere. <laughs> that that's like fifty percent of it. Yeah. <laughs> percent of it but uh, sorry sorry, sorry Tyler, just a little, little, little sidebar get on the soapbox Tyler Ford is like wide receiver 34 this year was wild yeah like people were taking like the Giants wide receivers before Tyler Boyd I'm yeah, just like ridiculous in, in, one my, in one of my leagues I drafted and me and Ryan are in the same league I drafted Thielen Lockett Juju and then Boyd is on my bench yeah and that's just the value I got for Tyler Boyd. And by no means did you go crazy in wide receiver. Like it's you didn't you didn't try and go wide receiver is the is the yeah. thing. Like you didn't try. It just fell to you. My like, running backs are Aaron Jones and Josh Jacobs. Like they like, Yeah, you I, went running horses. back, running back. Yeah. Right. And then those four receivers came to me. And yeah. that's that's literally one of the, one of the one of the main reasons is um well there are three reasons. One is obviously like you told me to draft him everywhere. <laughs> Joe Burrow, like preseason, he talked about how comfortable he was with him. Um, he said he's supposed to have a big year. Yep. Yep. And um, three, 40% of uh, Joe Burrow's record-breaking, like, passing yards last year came in the slot. Justin Jefferson. He would just give him, like, a third 20-yard pass if you take it to the rest. And that's, yep. that's what Boyd is capable of. You get the yeah. ball in his hands. His run after catches. I mean, we like like we Ravens fans know it well. Yeah. On that fourth and twenty nine, he got the ball like right before the first yard marker and took it to the house. He's a big yak guy. Indeed, without a doubt, without a doubt. So I think there is. Yeah. I think I think Boyd is the like the future of this offense, without a doubt. But oh, this geez. week, I think Slay worries about um, AJ Green. Yeah, and everything else is just worry about stopping the run and just the middle of the field with Boyd and Sample. Yeah. Well, one sure. last thing. I would like imagine taking Jarvis Landry at like wide receiver twenty five this year when like Tyler Boyd was just like in the thirties. Yeah. I just I, I 
I don't, I don't get it. And hopefully we're still doing this next year and we can do like a preseason draft show. Yeah, so whoever yeah, whoever right? the guy that Tyler, like whoever that guy is next year, I'm just like, all right, draft this guy everywhere. Cause you're yes. taking like the 10th and he's startable. And yeah, no, Ty, I love Tyler Boyd. I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if he had a hundred yards receiving this week. I mean, didn't he have a like hundred last week against. He had like 90 and a touchdown. I think. Say pa- oh, pause. My God, that last second touchdown was so clutch for me. <laughs> Oh, was it the last score of the game? Yeah, he had seven, seven. He's seven for seventy-two. Yeah. Week week one, he was disappointing, and like that's when you should, should have tried to buy him low. But he was playing against the second best uh, defensive team or the, the second best uh, pass defense team in the league. Chargers look good. The yeah. defense looks good. I mean, they got the hard knocks bump, but like their their defense is legit. Their defense looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's without Derwin James. Yep. Bro, that like that's actually so crazy. Yeah. As a uh, Derwin James and a. Uh, Derwin James and Chris Harris Jr. are, are like a rich man's uh, Earl Thomas and Marlon Humphrey, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah, no. Oh, if you could, if you could pick a two v two, you would take the Chargers too. Right, every, right. Every time. Without a doubt. That's only seeing like Derwin James' rookie year. Like that's all you need to see. Oh, yeah, Chargers. Chargers are nice. Yeah. They're not paying a quarterback, so they have so much. Not, not to get sidetracked on the Chargers, but like, they're not really paying a quarterback, so they have so much money to use on the defense. Like two bright running backs. Yep, I think Eckler – did Eckler get paid? I think Eckler got, like, a slight bump. I don't think he's in, yeah. like – Yeah. Yeah, he got, like, a, a bump, but he's not, like, the 12 to 16 oh, range. I think he's, like, eight. I don't even yeah. think that much. Yeah. I, mean, I know we're talking about the, the, the Bengals and the uh, – yeah, he, he got four-year, 24-and-a-half. So, about yeah. – Okay, yeah. so he got a, he got a bonus. About, I mean, you get a discount because, like, last year people called him, like, you know, the poor man CMC in fantasy. And, yeah. like – if, I mean, for the for the Chargers, you love a guy who's six to ten million dollars less against your cap, and now yeah. Josh Kelly looks good. So, and not to get too sidetracked on the Chargers, but I think you kind of want to take Burrow's stats from Week One with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. we saw how good the Chargers were Week One, and then they kept it up against Mahomes. Again, that shows yeah. how good, that shows how good the Bengals are too. Like they kept yeah. it up exactly with the. With the uh, yeah, this is so Burrow's third NFL start, right? Right. And he looks – I mean, like you said, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I do. Yeah, so Ty, Tyler Boyd, 100 receiving yards this week. You heard it here first. Take the over <laughs> on 120, a little juice. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Boyd, 120 and a TD on like eight oh catches. Take, I mean, take, take the under on the game. Take the under on the game. But, yeah, won't we like the under? Yeah. Uh, no, well, no, 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 no. I, I don't know. It, that, it, that was a joke that, for anybody listening. I mean, if we're going to transition to the Eagles now, like the Eagles pass catchers, like there's no Rager this week. There's no Alshon. So you're looking at like Agreya, Whiteside, Ertz, Godair, uh, and D-Jax. D-Jax Sanders. Yep. So I guess building off of that and shifting to the Eagles, you know, focusing on the Eagles. And, yeah, switch to the um, – yeah. see the transition? Look, man, it works. It works. Week one. So, uh, you know, I guess we can start with the injury bug um, to starters. Um, you know, three that have – three players that have already been downgraded to out um, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Jalen Rager and the safety Rudy Ford. Um, So I guess the two big, big problems there are Jeffrey and Rager. Um, You know, Wentz we've seen, he's already struggling. Um, You know, he's, he's, there's a couple stats that I, I kind of want to pull, not just from this season, but just in recent seasons, um, you know, since, yeah, so just some base level stuff. He, since 2018, 
he's his record, you know, and obviously I'm not a big quarterback by record guy just because I don't think that's fair. I think there's a lot of other factors. Um, but he's had a 14 and 15 record since 2018. Um, he, which this is kind of what surprises me since 2018, he's had this same QBR as Jameis. Um, the goat, which is kind of odd. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's something that kind of threw me off guard. Um, he's got Wentz right now shifting to this season. Um, he's been sacked eight times, which is the most in the NFL. Um, and he has the second worst QBR in the NFL at 28.1. So um, I guess kind of what I'm seeing here, and also he's missed, I think he's had 20, I think it's, he's had tw- uh, 20 off-target throws or um, just something to note. It, it's, and a lot of people are going to say like, oh, it's his offensive line. They haven't been healthy, but his offensive line PFF has them graded in the top five in pass protection. So not saying all of these sacks had been, you know, the pass rush, you know, a lot of them are coverage type of sacks where you've been sacked eight times and your offensive line has been graded. Well, you know, at one point, where do you start throwing the ball away? And why like, and it's the, it's, it's the hero ball thing. You know, it's like, it's always going for the big play. It's always going for the cross body play. It's just always going for the stuff that we did see, but it's like, where do we draw the line in whence just like, where is he? Like, where is, where's the progression that, that the second overall pick usually has? Yeah. I mean, I had my notes. This feels like, one of the make it or break it weeks for Wentz this year. You have a team who's 0-2. They're at home. I mean, they just if you want to give some context behind those eight sacks, we're looking at Washington and the Rams, who Washington is regarded as like a top five, if not you know top, if not top five, top ten front seven. Yes, uh, pass Aaron, rush wise for sure. Oh, for sure, like them and the Rams, like their their front seven in terms of the pass rush uh, for both teams is like very good. It, yes. e- easily top 10, arguably top five. So you get the Bengals down to D tackles. This you know, is Wednesday. the week. It should they're, they're, work. Right. It's O2 at home. You know, you have two teams that are O2. This game ends in a tie. Like that would be hilarious. Just you know, <laughs> no, no one, no one's getting a win, but yeah, this, this feels like one of like the make it or break it weeks for Wentz this year. Cause I mean, if you're O3 and uh, you know, Dallas is one. I can't remember. Is Dallas one, one or two O? Uh, we're one and one. The Royal We. But no, if, if Dallas goes to two and one, I mean, if, if Dallas was two and oh, and this was a loss for the Eagles, this would be such a more relevant game, you know, where it's yes. like a three oh versus oh three. And we, yeah, we think but, the NFC, we'll say the, I, I already think the NFC West is going to send two teams to the, the playoffs no matter what. 100%. Even with the, all the injuries to the Niners, like, it would not surprise me if Arizona made it this year. Yes. And and that's the thing. It's like, I've been reading a lot and I've been, you know, looking just because being a Cowboys fan, I naturally look at schedules. I naturally look Mm -hmm. at them more than a lot of other teams. When you say schedules mean like next year. Yes. Because (laughs) I've already chalked the eight and eight up now. But what I'm saying is it's like, you know, early in the season, especially this season, this is a year where the Eagles and the Cowboys, they can, you know, they can go two and two through their first four and you can still make that up. And that's the thing. It's like, because the Cowboys are in Seattle this week, 
um, isn't great. Not, a, not an easy game. Not at all with how Russ has been playing. Russ is cooking. We'll talk about that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is a situation where, if we, if we think about it, as bad as the Eagles have looked and as weird as the Cowboys have looked, um, we see a potential through three weeks, both teams are one and two. And that's, that's yeah. the craziest thing is we see literally like the Eagles haven't been great and the Cowboys haven't been great either. But I think if yeah. we look at both of those teams, I think a lot of people would have more confidence in saying the Cowboys on paper are the better team when healthy, yes. but both teams could be one and two through three weeks. And that's the craziest part. Yeah. I mean, I think the NFC East will probably send one team to the playoffs this year, but Definitely. the wild card, even though there's an extra wild card spot this year, it's just that spot in the NFC is so hotly contested. When you think the South is going to send two teams. That's what know, we think. That's what I would think. Likely, right? Like you have yeah. the, the, the Saints and the Bucks. Is it possible for one division to send all four? Or, yeah. I don't, I don't know if mathematically it is. I think a like, team. There's too much inner division, like wins and losses. I think it, it maybe could work. I, like I said, I haven't researched it, but I yeah, think I don't know. maybe a team could, a uh, conference or a division could send three. Yeah, no. Three, for three sure. Three, I think, yeah. yeah, I think a winner and then maybe like wild card one and three. Like, I think that could work. But no, like yeah, I said, no, I, I haven't looked into it. There is a possibility even before we move to three wild, three wild card spots. So that's why I asked. Like, a, I don't think so. Yeah. The other reason. I, honestly, the NFC West, every team from the NFC West is better than the second team from any other division in the NFC. In my the NFC West is stacked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, the, the South, you have. The Saints and Tampa Bay, and Atlanta. Think, on, Atlanta on paper is good. I think all four yeah. could either of those teams. I mean, the forty, the injuries to the 49ers are a little scary. Not to get like too much into like the you know the playoff. That's, that's, I mean, I'm right. talking like in term in uh like in the playoffs. If they like, yeah. they're definitely the better. Team. Every like all four teams in the West are the better team. Like the Rams, the defense is looking hot. Um, right. Jared Goff has been handled well by McVay. The game plan has been great for him. Um, 49ers. Without an injury, they trashed the – I mean, it was the Jets, but they trashed the Jets. And then um, they get the Giants this week while they're banged up. Right. If they can get healthy, like, they're, yeah. they're a powerful team. Also, uh, the Seahawks. The Seahawks, I'm one of the only people that – I don't want to get too distracted. We can talk about the Seahawks later because I do want to talk about the Seahawks-Cowboys game. Yeah. But I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not buying the Seahawks yet. Obligatory I'm Cowboys talk. I'm buying for Russ versus Russ for MVP, but I'm buying the Seahawks yet. Yeah, this is just why I want to highlight this game. This is like the make or break it week for Wentz because we're talking about all these different playoff scenarios. And the NFC East sometimes sends two teams, uh, like an eight and eight. And even though, there's an extra, right, even though there's an extra wild card spot, we think the West is good. I don't know if two teams will make it from the North. I mean, the Packers look like they're going to run away with that division. Division looks weird. It looks like yeah. it's Packers or, or bust. <laughs> ah, yeah. I mean, the Bears are 2-0. Oh. Hey. Bear, I mean, it's, it's, it's been it's – been, it's been ugly wins, but I mean the Bears are two and zero. It's just they're it, winning like the Packers were last year. I mean, yeah. If if if, if Philly starts off zero and three, that's just so much they have to. Cl- Even if Dallas starts one and two. Yeah, and it's like, and if you look at the losses, right? Like, look at the Eagles' loss. Like, that's another thing. Is like you look at the value. It's like numbers on paper are numbers on paper. It's like mm-hmm. think about if they're both one and two, right? The Cowboys have lost to who? Ram Seahawks, two strong playoff contenders. Exactly. They could be 2-0 or 0-2. Like that, that's, that's the thing. Both road forget. games, too, for Dallas. Dallas still has home games ahead of them. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, they played Atlanta at home. Yesterday. No, no, but I'm, but I'm saying the two losses, if we're saying they're likely to lose to Seattle this weekend. Both goes, roads, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and think of where right. they're playing. Like, Amar- that's the first game in SoFi. That's the first yeah. game in SoFi Narr- Stadium. Narrative street, yep. And, and you know, it's it was a team that was coming off a bad year last year. They just had hard knocks. They had all the reasons. Like, the Rams have all the reason to be a good team this year. You know, because yep, McVay absolutely. had such a weird year. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but the narrative of McVeigh being a great coach, it's like, of course he was going to have a rebound year because he's just a great coach. Like, those great coaches don't let that stuff happen. That stuff doesn't pile up on he's their He's so young. Yeah, I, th- I, don't, I don't know this for sure, but I think Whitworth is older than McVeigh. <laughs> Yeah, he, he is. is. And he like, is. yeah, McVay is just like such an offensive genius. I mean, he's just a like really good coach the in guru, general. Man. Yeah, I mean, I think like he definitely got the hard knocks treatment. So people that didn't know a ton about him, like definitely know like his intensity and just like how smart and passionate he is about the game. If you didn't know it before. Coaching tree. Kyle yeah, but and McVay. Not one's brought, no one's brought up Atlanta, or not Atlanta, Arizona yet. You get Hopkins there. I mean, Drake looks good. Kyler, Kyler, like he's Kyler the guy. Is a dark, I mean, he was. I mean, it's obvious to say this. And it's like, duh, like, off, first like, overall pick. Yeah, but it's yeah. like maybe just my my biased goggles, just because I liked Kyler. But it's like he was to me, he was an MVP favorite for me. Like that was somebody where I saw, and it was like, why aren't people buying into his? Like there is literally yeah. no reason why he shouldn't win MVP with what he's got around him. Like he's got the head coach. Like he's got the head coach that he loves, and the head coach that loves him. Like yeah. he's got the dream situation for a young dynamic quarterback and it's like he to me he could be that dark horse mvp guy like he has no reason to not succeed and we're seeing it yeah i think it's clear it's him allen and um uh russell at this point i think dark horse if anything is going to be Dak and like mahomes it's just crazy it's just crazy that no one's talking about lamar right right because hasn't turned up yet yeah that's it yeah to turn up yeah and he hasn't had to that's the he hasn't had thing. to yeah i want to try to cut you off it's just like you say all these names and we're talking about like the guy who just won it last year and don't forget about on- aaron Rodgers either because he's yeah. been playing his mind like he's been playing his mind aaron, out aaron Rodgers after the team went and pissed him off they drafted i i saw it on a on another show but they were like somebody said that the packers drafted literally in the first round the one player that could piss off aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like the one player that you could get under Aaron Rodgers' skin. So, like I said, that's just that motivation. That's just that competitive factor. That's just what Aaron Rodgers does. He he feeds he, off of this stuff. He's doing it with Jay Sternberger, Alan Lazard, and MVS. <laughs> and you take Arizona with like Hop, Kirk, Isabella, uh, Larry, Fitz, Larry, Drake, Larry Edmund. the Legend. Yeah, like man. That's what I'm saying. Like Kyler's got the weapons, and Aaron Rodgers is doing it with just. Like, Kyler's got like the sexy young offense. Like oh, he's yeah, just got like the sexy air raid, like yeah. running quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has the traditional give it to your running back who's a bruiser that'll score ten touchdowns a year. Like Aaron Rodgers has like the traditional offense that'll get it done. But then Kyler's sure- got like this new thing. He's, mm-hmm. Kyler's got the Lambo. Yeah, Rogers has the has has the Camry that the just classic. keeps working. It just well, works. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people that are listening probably don't even know who Jay Sternberger is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like the pack. I don't know. I think he was the second round pick. Was he the second or third round pick? He's a rookie third tight round end. pick. So they third got round, yeah. um they got AJ Dillon in the second. Yeah, he's a right tight end for them. So I mean, who hasn't even played much? Like Dillon is a yeah. stud. Yeah. So, 
the NFC, all this goes back to the NFC is highly competitive this year. Yeah, because we started with the Eagles, but that's kind of yeah. where we were going this, with this, is the NFC is competitive as anything. Right, and it's just if, if the Eagles come out of this game, lose at home against, you know, the, the Bengals missing two of their uh, defensive tackles, they go to 0-3, like, do, 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 you, do you panic? Yeah, and I think, I think either way. I think, you know, I think it is a little, like – I think the panic button is only right here is I think it's only right. If Wentz kind of flops again, looks bad. Right. right. So like if he does play well, it's like, you know, we won't panic because that's what we were expecting. Right. So like, there's not a panic, but it's like a, it's a little bit of ease, but like if it's a, if they do win and it's an ugly one from Wentz, it's like maybe a little panic, but if it's a loss in a bad one from Wentz at home, it's like, I don't know, man. He found a way to get booed in an empty stadium <laughs> last week. Yeah, I mean, I don't, if we want to spin it, he, he's going to get Reger. He's going to get Alshon back. Yes. You know, they're, 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 and it is early. Like, it's early you, in the year. What did you say, no? I said hopefully the line gets healthier, too. Line gets healthy. Miles yeah. Sanders is still – I mean, Miles Sanders looked good last week, again, coming off the hamstring. But but that hamstring is something to note for right. just, a, you know, some fantasy talk. Um, anytime, and I don't know if anybody else does this, um, which probably don't because I'm a lunatic when it comes to fantasy, but whenever a player does, you know, whenever they register and get hurt with something soft tissue wise, so something that's not a bone break, something that, um, soft tissue wise, you know, it's something that can happen again. And after you do it once, the, the chances increase because it's already been kind of sparked. So whenever I see like a hamstring or a groin or, or, uh, you know, something that can lead to something else, I kind of take note of it. You know, I have a chart of players that do have soft tissue injuries and have that have had them in the past. Cause it's like, that's something that you have to note when you, when you draft, you know, that's, that's a reason why I've always steered away from Devonte Adams. It's a, that's a reason why I find it, you know, hard to draft these soft tissue injury guys, because I know that no matter you know who you're what doctor you're seeing as a pro those soft tissue injuries will linger forever it's the reason why arian foster got bounced from the league because he just couldn't stay healthy and it's just like it's 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 stuff like that that will always haunt somebody yeah that's why i brought up the points about david montgomery yeah you know, for sure the, 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 going back to the gus edwards thing yeah like i think i think some good fantasy advice i got and i think it's just really smart is like if a guy's hurt coming into the year don't draft him especially if it's soft tissue because then you have like so many more opportunities to re-injure and he's not going to be hundred percent. So I would rather take a guy who's like marginally worse, but doesn't have the injury concern. Yeah. A guy can always get hurt. And like, in, like look at last week, last week was just blood. Everywhere. Last week was brutal. Yeah, it was, I, oh my God. It was terrible yeah, it was watching terrible. as a fan of football last week. Cause, and, and I mean, I, I don't want to be that guy, but like, and all players, like all players deserve respect. I'm with it. But there's just something about, as a fantasy owner, seeing the big-name guys go down, it's just like, ugh. It, it, just, it just stings a little more. Yeah, it's the, it's the talking point. Yeah. So, I mean, if we want to wrap this game up, who, who are we taking? I, I think I'm taking the Eagles in a close one. I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't want to touch this over-under because there's, there's two narratives. It's the, do they keep the ball on the ground to play at a slow pace, or do they just you know, chuck it on or both Or is it a slugfest? Yeah. So uh, I'm not I'm not touching the over under, but I'm gonna take the Eagles to win this game. I think the four and a half spread is tempting to take take the points. 
I won't touch yeah. it. I, I won't give a pick. I, I just think Eagle. Like if, if I were money to line, pick, money line, Eagles, you, Eagles money line. But again, I like I think that how I started all of this segment. I think the last team that scores wins this game because we saw it week one with uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, and it would not surprise me if I mean it kind of got stomped last week, but it would not surprise me to see that similar game script this week. Yeah, what do you got now? I'm also going Philadelphia. I think it'll be a close game, but um. I'm going to go by under three points, or definitely under four points. Okay. Like 17 kind of game. So you're yeah, taking no. the, the points with the Bengals? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I, you know, I'm with you guys in the Eagles here. I, I think, you know, like I've been mentioning, I think there is a little bit of desperation that hasn't been mentioned. Um, you know, obviously the team isn't going to say anything about that, but um, I think the players understand that. And I think, you know, while the, at the same time they understand that in the NFC East you can start 0-3, mm-hmm. um, and you can still have, you know, playoff contention. I get that. But um, I think it's, it's one of those, like Jeff said, it's, it's do or die in a, in a, in a way um, with, with Wentz's yeah. play. And it's one of those games where um, the players know that they should win. A lot of people know that they should win. Coaching staffs definitely know that they should win this game. Um, so, yeah, that could go either way. It's like, do they come out flat? Do they come out hot? It's like there's, there's multiple ways that this game can go, but in my opinion, I think the one way I see it going is Philly. Philly here with yeah. the win. They, they, they need this win because like you, you, they can recover from 0-3, but these wins are going to matter so much more in December when we're talking about yes. wild card and playoff scenarios. Yeah, because dropping three, you know, dropping your first three, it, it just can't. It, it, a lot of times it, it, you can't recover from it. Um, of all seasons, I think this season is one where you can recover from it given the exactly. nature of injuries and all that. So, um, like I said – it's not the end of the world if they go zero and three, but um, one and two is definitely a, a save here. Uh, let's see. So then uh, we kind of discussed it, talking about the MVP, you know, shots here. But um, I guess I we can just do it by what's everybody's you know number one MVP favorite um, at the moment that will kind of that you think will maintain it and we'll take the MVP trophy at the end of the season, barring injury, of course, because we never want that to happen. Give me 30 seconds. Is it okay if I bring my Chipotle down? I'm kind of hungry. Go ahead. Okay. I'll just edit this out. No worries. Well, I can just talk while the home is gone. I can, yeah, I can I mean, just do that. Fine. Yeah, because yeah, 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 I, I think there's two perspectives. If, if we're just like, who's the odds on favorite? I mean, in terms of like the odds, it's Russ. Like at FanDuel, he's plus 270. Yeah. So he is, he is like, the, it's him at 270. Lamar and Mahomes at 500. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk coming into the year about let Russ cook. So like when they were in neutral to even trailing game scripts last year in the, or in the first three quarters, I forget exactly what the stat is, but I think a lot of people know what I'm talking about. They were running the ball a ton. And that's why Chris Carson, like a really good fantasy year. Yeah. He was over a thousand again last year. Yeah. A lot and of I, fumbles though, which is probably the reason, you know, a lot of fumbles are correlated. But with, with guys. Yeah. So it, it, they're finally kind of letting Russ do his thing. Uh, they have this nice little core tight ends there with Disley and Olsen. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Lockett Metcalf are just a great one-two. It's, it's it's not even like a one-two. It's like a one-a, one-b. Yeah, I was about to say. I think that's it, both of those guys can be ones. They can walk in and, and be a one in most wide receiver corps here. So yeah, and back, I also think back. like Russ Russ's uh, wins if he keeps this up are gonna like look really good. I mean, he's already beat New England, and like you know, New England is more. I don't know. I, th- I think New England is a good team. Let me, I think let me they're a good out. team. 
I still, yeah. I still think they're a good team with Cam. I mean, Cam, Cam has impressed me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you get a win against New England. This week they might get a win against Dallas. They already have a win against Atlanta, which – Dallas is banged up too. Yeah. Very banged up. They have yeah. – I think they have the least uh, – I think they have the most injuries to their starters on both sides of the ball. But, I mean, if Ross can go in and if he can win five out of the six games against the Niners, the Cardinals, and the Rams, I mean, how do you not give a guy like that a look? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I think mean, even if he wins four out of the six, I mean, it's very favorable because at the end of the, of the day... Like, are you saying with dominant? Because I think he has to look like above average to dominant. He can't just be like pedestrian. Yeah, and it is Russell Wilson. He just doesn't get respect for some reason. Like, I think, in yeah. all honesty, you're right. I think he does have to win five in a very impressive way for them to look at it because I think a guy like, I don't know, I think a guy like Kyler could win three or four of them and get, you know, get that MVP trophy before Russell Wilson does with four or five like with four wins in that division yeah so i think it's a cop-out answer for me to be like yeah i think the the odds on favorite is like going to win but i think if, if you're like someone who's into like betting it i think aaron Rodgers at plus 1100 is pretty interesting like Very I don't enticing. Want to too much right yeah you're getting four times your money on aaron Rodgers. and usually the mvp doesn't win the super bowl trophy let's just make that abundantly right. clear so I, like hasn't it been like the year after they've won it? Like Mahomes won it in twenty eighteen. Yeah, so the, the year Super- after you win MVP, you win the Super Bowl trophy. That's how it's been with Brady, Mahomes. Yeah. So it's Lamar Lamar this year. Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar. Yeah. Well, but I'm I mean, not gonna look, I'm not saying it, but you know what I'm you know what I could don't say. Shy. Don't be shy. Let's you know what yeah. I could say. No, I'm not yeah. saying it. No, he's art no. And all I'm saying is to be to be taken even a step further. If you look at the last three Madden covers. Oh, we're going down this rabbit hole. Madden cover and MVP correlates to, to a Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. So Aaron Rodgers for Madden cover next year? We, if he wins MVP, if, and that would mean Super Bowl the year after. Yeah. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, I think I just, the number is really nice. You know, if, if yeah. I think Ross obviously being the odds on favorite, Aaron Rodgers – it's going to be the opposite of the NFC West where I think some of the NFC North wins are going to be downplayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he just looks dominant this year. I mean, if he touches anywhere close to 5,000 yards. And if they grab, you know, upward, if they grab at least 12 wins, you know, usually that yeah. 12 win mark 12 right. and above is usually correlates. Cause a lot of the MVP discussion is wins. You know, you look at the yeah. last three years with Brady Mahomes and Lamar, I believe each of their teams won at least like 11 or 12 was games. Was that 12 games? I think it was 12 games. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, Lamar with what, 14? Well, technically 13 because he didn't play in 17. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with, with a 14-2 and two record, Mahomes is what, 13-3 and three the year before. Like if you get to that 12, 12 win threshold, you're usually pretty safe. That's where I think that Russell Wilson might drop off. Um, you know, he's playing out of his mind, but – for some reason, he just doesn't get the respect. And I don't think if – Maybe it's a market if, thing. Again, small it market. Not, not, it might just be like – it's not like Seattle's not be. like a sexy city. Yeah, it could be. So, like, you know, with 11, with, with 11 wins, think of like Russell Wilson with 11 wins or if you get Aaron Rodgers with 13 wins. You know, I think we know. I think we have an idea, no matter where the stats are, even if they're somewhat comparable, which I think it'll be more to Russ than, than Aaron. Um, but I, I think stats wise will always lean Russ in that situation. At least the last couple of years they have, and I think it'll do it again. Um, but I think with an 11 win Russ versus a 13 win Aaron Rodgers, I think we know that Aaron Rodgers will probably get the MVP votes there. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add one more thing because I know I don't want to spend too much time on the MVP stuff because we did talk about it earlier. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be contingent on uh, Devontae Adams staying healthy, which is something we address with the soft tissue injuries. I agree. Question, questionable for this weekend, but he needs him. And then if you want a long shot, I think just a guy who like the math in terms of like the number of times it has to happen versus what the return is, Josh Allen at plus 3,200. I mean, he's Very enticing. So yeah, I mean, he's a guy who could walk into 14 wins. I don't, and I don't that think... division, that division, I think, is very favorable for an MVP right. win out of him. Right. I don't think Buffalo has a ton of, like, out-of-division games you're worried about. Uh, while, while Nahum is talking, giving his picks, I'll look and be like, okay, here's the games I'm actually worried about for Buffalo. But, I mean, in the division, yeah, there's upsets, but I, I can't imagine he's going to lose a division game. He'll, yeah, play New and... he'll play New England close, but I don't think he loses this year. Josh Allen yeah. is good. Steph and is I... a huge upgrade. Yeah, and I think even if Josh Allen, you know, if New England plays him well, I think at best they split. Um, I don't think either team takes two. Um, I can't see Buffalo taking two, and I can't see New England taking two. Um, I think at, you know, at best for both teams, they split. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, to transition into my pick, I think, I, I like I said, I talked a lot about Kyler earlier, and I, and I do love Josh Allen. Um, I think both of those guys, for me, I, I definitely like. Um, I think their play styles very well uh, indicate MVP style of play. Um, you know, they do a lot of the hero stuff. You know, they, they, they go out and, you know, they go out and run the ball when they have to. They make those do or die plays. Um, I think they both have the play style to take that MVP trophy. And, and as we mentioned earlier, I think schedule wise, I think Buffalo is much more comfortable um, to get to that 11, 12 plus win mark. Um, you want me to throw it out at you? So who they have left? Yeah, go ahead. So it's Rams at home. Rams. I'm just gonna say opponent, and then if Buffalo is home or away. Okay. So Rams at home, uh, at Las Vegas Raiders, okay. uh, at Tennessee. Three tough ones in a row. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's paths to win all three. The toughest one is I think afterwards they play the Chiefs, but in Buffalo. Uh, they play the Jets away. They play New England home. Play the Seahawks home. That's a tough game. They got a lot of good. They're tough games. A lot yeah. of them are home. Are home. They do travel to Arizona the following week. Okay, that they could get... be a that could be a little MVP showdown there. Yeah, I mean, if those guys keep it up, uh, Chargers home, 49ers away. But if the 49ers are banged up, well, something to monitor. Steelers, yep. Steelers home. Not a cakewalk. Maybe my my 12 to 14 win prediction was too high. I I did not know they played the NFC West this year. Uh, they play the Broncos away, Patriots away, and then end the year with the Dolphins at home. Realistically, I mean, games against the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Steelers, I don't know if you can pick them to win all of them. No, definitely not. And, you know, like I mentioned, it's like a lot of the games that would be really tough, they have at home, which is super favorable for them. Um, and plus, a lot of those teams with the NFC West, you know, traveling across the country is never easy. Right. on these guys and that's why we see a lot of times when teams travel the country across the country rather they they don't you know a lot of times they don't necessarily travel well um so you know on those games where buffalo's got to go to san francisco that buffalo could show up flat or or somebody like where you know you say they have la at home um you know that's a traveling that's a traveling situation for la or, or even yeah. the chiefs coming from the middle of the country you know, across the country, even that is still grueling on these guys because you're changing time zones. So even stuff like that is, is enough to, to throw a team off and kind of put them off like out of form, so to say. Yeah. Here's an interesting counterpoint though. Like they have this tough schedule. If Josh Allen and the, and the bills just run through it, 
like don't bat an eye and run through it. You got to you got to talk about him. 100%. If they, if they if they four zero the NFC West, beat Pittsburgh. Four owing the NFC West alone, I think. That's is a gold enough. star. That, that gets that's you enough. a sticker. That gets that's, you a sticker. Yeah, that's yeah, that, a gold that, star. Yeah, that, that that's one. Four you, you, gold stars. Yeah, that's like a test when you were a little kid and you did a high score and you put it on the fridge. Like that yep. is one for uh, McDermott, like gold yeah, star. Yeah, no, that's Josh Allen's fridge right there. Yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. It's uh, like Ohio State. Those little Buckeye stickers on their home. Yeah, that's his He's home sticker. Like a little like uh, <laughs> I four owed the NFC West this year. Yeah, he gets like a he gets like a uh, like a plastic Bills Mafia table. Yep. A okay. table sticker. Can you imagine if there were fans of Sharks starting home? Like, if they 4 0 the NFC West and Bills Mafia could go to the games, it'd be wild. Oh, my God. It'd be over. They might win 16 games. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. So, so there is a tough schedule. But if he beats all these teams, you got to give him a look. Of course. 100%. Yeah. I mean, four against them, two against New England, Steelers, Chiefs. I mean, that's eight tough games. That's really tough. And that's like, so. I mean, come on. That's not even their division. Their division is, is tough, in my opinion. And then they got that on top of it. Like, props if Buffalo can get through that, you know, not only in one piece, but while looking the same week to week. Cause that's yeah. another thing. A lot of, a lot of these good teams, you know, they don't always translate well. They don't always go week to week. Well, so yeah. I'm really rooting for him. Cause I love Josh Allen and I love this young Buffalo team. So like I said, I think I'm in on it. Yeah. I like it. What do you got in the home? I'm, I'm going to mention two names. One is the obvious pick. I think it's going to be Russell Wilson. Um, one of the main reasons is like the I'm gonna bring up a dumbass like just nobody would ever think of this but like one of the reasons why I have him like as a lock for MVP is he has the 32nd ranked pass defense in the league. They the the Falcons game even though it wasn't like close it was a 14 point game at the end but <laughs> they like they gave up 450 yards to Matt Ryan. They almost lost to New uh, England can't like. No, they gave up what? Cam threw for over 400. Right. They gave Cam threw for a career high, I think. Um, to Julian Edelman. So I think based on that reason, to keep them in games, it's it's going to be Russ in the offense. And if you're going to be playing in like close games like that, you're not going to rely on your run game. You're going to just going to. No, you're going to have to chase. You're going to have to just put up points. The one player capable of like taking, taking like the team like past like those games like that into wins is Russ, and he's not going to do it by like. You know, you like a two fifty yard, um, two touchdown, one interception game. He'd one that he protects the ball more than any other quarterback in the league. IQ like, man, um, that IQ to the roof. Two, like he's going to be throwing more than I think any other quarterback in that division. Yeah, because like you said, they have to keep pace with these teams. Right. They're not going to be able to score twenty and win a game. Well, like, let me, everybody in the division has a team except him. So look, basically, me, that reason, I think it's going to be on him to keep them in the games. Kyler might have more raw attempts, but that's just because of the pace that team plays at. Yeah, but I think also they'll like, be I, I control get, I get games. Your point. He has he has a defense that um, that Seattle doesn't. Yeah. No, 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 no. I agree, but in terms of like attempts, well, I think. Yeah. And also, I think it's oh, worth oh, to yeah. mention just to kind of like cut to, just a talking point on this on Seattle real quick. But I saw a stat that had, like we said, Seattle's pass offense is or pass defense is very, very uh, – it's just depleted right now. Like, they're just giving up so many pass yards. So, you know, right now I saw a stat that Jamal Adams and Quentin Dunbar went in man. Um, they, they're in the top five in yards given to wide receivers and tight ends and, like, running backs. So it's like and, – and Dunbar, you know, he plays a lot of the slot from what I know. 
Um, so that just coming up with the Cowboys, it's like CeeDee Lamb sits in the slot. That right. could be a big one for him. Like, and, and for teams forward, you know, teams going forward, think about the, you know, think about the NFC West. It's like the Cardinals could play, they could play nuke in the slot. Like the, like the Cardinals have Christian won. Kirk. Yeah. And it's like, cause yeah. Nuke can play like Deandre Hopkins can play everywhere. So they put him in the slot. Like that's, e- that's, that's an, that's an easy buck, you know, buck 20. Um, what, and then with the Rams, it's, it's Cooper cup in the slot. What are you going to do with that? Like, that's another thing with the Seahawks, which I agree with in the home. It's yeah. like Russell Wilson's going to have to go crazy. And I think that's where the MVP hype is. Cause it's like, when he goes crazy, he goes like nuts. Right. Right. His ceiling is insane. Nuts. Let me ask you a hypothetical before Nahum gets his second pick. If Russ throws for, let's say, 4,800 this year, and Josh Allen wins all six of those tough games I told you, so the four against the NFC West, the Chiefs, and the Steelers, who do you got? Like, assuming, like, you know, you know no one else is close. Like, Lamar Mahomes kind of have pedestrian seasons, which is, like, weird. But say, which is still say good race. for them. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Say, like, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a two-guy race. And you you have forty eight hundred yards and let's you know let's say forty five touchdowns for us. I'm making up numbers. And Josh Allen has like slightly worse numbers, you know, but more wins. I think right. it comes down. Me personally, I think it comes down to Russ's performance against the NFC West. Because if 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 Buffalo is able to beat the NFC West, it's like, you know, I, obviously I think it's it's different for Buffalo because you don't play these teams twice. Right. Um, but right. I think it definitely is impacted on Russell Wilson's ability to win. Like, I think if the real question is if Seattle wins that division, I and and Russ goes crazy, I don't yeah. think I don't think there should be competition. Like, I yeah. think that division's hard enough playing each of those teams twice, and him going over four thousand and over forty touchdowns. I think, and then how he how he doesn't turn the ball over. I, I don't think yeah. there's a reason why Russell Wilson. Uh, won't be top two. Yeah, no. The, the fact that they both play, like Josh Allen and Russ, both play the NFC West. Obviously, like you said, it's more games, two more games with uh, with Russ. I think it will be interesting if it is the if it is those two guys at the end of the year, and 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 if we're flipping coins between those two guys, or even if it's a weighted coin, 70-30 30 in Russ's favor. I mean, and you're taking Josh Allen at thirty two hundred and Russ at two seventy. Like you could just put a hundred on both, and like if Russ hits, you still make seventy, and if Josh Allen hits, like you get it all. Yeah. So so it's interesting, kind of like I, I like thinking through the betting stuff from like a game theory perspective. If you if you're kind of in on those two guys, and they're you know similar divisions, we talked about pass for each of those guys. That might be a way to do it. Like take Russ, or like maybe two units on Russ, and then one unit on Josh Allen, something like that. But yeah. All right. Who's so your home. second pick? What or, you got? Let me answer your question on that because I have. Oh like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, you're good, you're good. I think this league is like, and specifically with MVP, like words like the MVP, you're gonna get it by like, like the crazy plays, like Lamar. Like he, he had like mm-hmm. he's obviously the best player, not only because of his stats, but also like just what you saw on the field. Like the eye test is big, and I think Russell Wilson like wows me more than, or is gonna wow more than. Um, Josh Allen. Allen will even even yeah. in the wins. And yeah, make, that, that makes sense. That's a good point. That, like people would people would like will admit, oh, they'll bring up, oh, Russ doesn't have a defense. They won because um, not only because of Josh Allen. I'm sure like if even if he played like amazing, he still has a defense. And I feel like that is that excuse will come up and it is valid. And because he doesn't have a defense, kind of like the chip on the shoulder that Aaron Rodgers is playing with, like to prove the organization wrong for the decisions they made. Because he doesn't have a defense, he's he's just he understands that he has to be that guy, and he will play with that same like 
not burden, but like that chip, understanding that he has to be that guy, even without the defense, which raises a ceiling in my opinion. So I think for that reason, I'm going to go Russ. Now your second pick, what second do you got? Pick. So I just wanted to play devil's advocate here, but from the AFC, there's another person that I think nobody really haven't mentioned, and that's Cam Newman. I think um, he's on he like he's on pace to set a record for like the most rushing rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. A quarterback. Um, he's thrown well. Mm-hmm. He's thrown well. That motivation, um, man. He's hungry. This is right. the hungriest we've ever seen Cam Newton, and he's and he's been to a Super Bowl. Playing with the, that like that same chip, chip on his shoulder. That, he's got the swagger, man. He's got like that. Yeah, like you said, the chip on the shoulder. It's the swagger. He's, remember, he knows what he is. Remember when people thought Stidham was gonna start over him? Like that that whole thing with that like yeah clarify for listeners like that whole thing arose because it was like one of his what his first his first month there the Stidham has been there for the last like a year and a half yeah I think it was just the time it was like Stidham's been there but it was like COVID season yeah right right it's a Stidham's developing year or whatever yeah and I just I think that like out of that division um Josh Allen is a winner he's a bucket like Coming out of the draft, I liked him more than I liked even, like, as a uh, – He's a stud, man. I, like, I enjoy it. Like, I like Oklahoma from college. But even over Baker, I like uh, Lamar, than, Lamar and uh, Josh. Josh Allen. And um, I think he's a baller. But, again, like, when it comes to, like, head-to-head versus deep, like, versus, like, when they play, I think Cam is just, a, like, a natural winner. Like, he, he has the it factor. He does. He's got that, man. He has the experience. He doesn't have like the same weapons that maybe Josh Allen has, but he ha- like he's he's like a Jimmy Butler kind of like kind of. He's player. got he's got enough. Like he's got, like nobody questions. Like him. give him give him whatever Jimmy Butler. Like every team that Jimmy Butler has been on, he's taken the last time that the uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna give a quick NFL NBA comparison. Good. Time that the Bulls went to the playoffs yeah. with Jimmy Butler. The only time that the Timberwolves went with the, to the playoffs with Jimmy Butler. The same thing with the Sixers. They lost in the. Um, in the second round, and now the Miami Heater in the conference finals. Like, just like he's he's that type of player to me, like scrappy, a winner. Can he's get a it. dog. He he's is a, a dog. Player. He's got the dog mentality. He really yeah, does. And he is a dark horse candidate. <laughs> also, let's appreciate how many uh, uh, black QB starters we have. Absolutely. Can Absolutely. we just sit here and Absolutely. like sit back and like? Yep. Really appreciate that because yep. I don't think that gets enough. Like I've seen it mentioned a little bit in the media, but yeah. why is that not getting enough traction? Like they're right. like, not only are black QB starting, but they are balling. Like we have the, if like, yeah. if we were to fill out a top 10 QBs, I think we could honestly if, fill about five, at least five with, with black QBs. Watson, and I love it. Ross, I love it. Lamar. Dak, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, and, and even Cam, I think, is a fringe top 10 guy at his best. So, like, yeah. yeah, so, like, I, easily, like, I just love easily. seeing that because in, especially yeah. in, you know, and we won't really touch on this much, but especially in, in the environment that we're living in right now, I, it's just, it's just one of those feel good things because it's just, it, it's the respect. It's the respect that they, they've demanded for years Absolutely. and years and it's the respect they're earning and it makes, it just right. makes football fans feel good knowing that it's it's the diversity it's it's anybody yeah. anybody can give you 400 on a good day and it's yeah. just it just feels good man it really I, does. I, think, I think what's interesting is um 
last year was touted as like the year of the black quarterbacks, but it seems that every year from now on, it's just going to be the year of black quarterbacks. Every year, I think, is going to increase more and more. I'm you just happy. Jalen Hurts, like, that's going to develop. You have Justin Fields coming out. So, uh, have, uh, the, what's his name? Oklahoma, the current Oklahoma quarterback now. Rattler. Spencer Rattler. Rattler. Yeah. He's a stud. He's a big arm, man. What are you saying, Jeff? Sorry, Jeff. No, no. I, I was going to add one other point. Uh, I feel like for years the comparison with every black quarterback was Michael Vick. Yeah. And, like, that was just such a lazy comparison and a lazy – that. Yeah, it was just like – It kind of had racial undertones. Yeah, like, think, it was I, like, I, I who was the did. last good black quarterback? And it's like, boom, right. Michael Vick. But it's like – Michael Vick. Cam Newton and Michael Vick are not comparable. No, like, no. It's you, different. Like, I get the Lamar Vick comparison. I yes. don't. I don't. That, I don't. I don't. Lamar. Go, go off. Year. But if somebody says – if somebody compares Lamar Jackson to Michael Vick right now, at their peaks, throwing and running, it's different. It's different. Lamar is Lamar yeah. average is more per carry. He, uh, he throws so much better than Vic ever had. Accurate. He's more accurate, more time. And, and see, but it's like I don't think people right. are comparing. I don't think it's like apples to apples. No. But like I think it's like I think if you were like I, I don't think it. I think it's like a more of a hypothetical thing where it's like yeah, if Lamar had like if if his play style, you know, from what we had seen. It's like if you had to relate the play style, he's the most Vic esque we've ever seen. Right, you know? a run for a guy who was like running first. That's what. Yes. Yeah, it feels like a lazy analysis for like all the other quarterbacks. But yeah, he's hundred percent. Yeah, I, I want people to say he's the next Watson. He's the next Cam. He's, he's the, the next, next Lamar. Lamar. Like I want. Yes, I right. want. Like, and that's, that's the crazy thing 10, right now. Is, years from now, dude, we're living this. Like but we're living this right now. I don't want to knock Michael Vick because he pays the he paid the way for oh. these. And he's yeah. he's like yeah. a he, to me he's like Vic. yeah he's like an Allen Iverson yeah. that like Bro, I was I swear to God I was literally about to say the same thing on, he's an OG on, everybody on. like it like players love Vic because he pays his respects he he sees it as a change of guard and he doesn't like a lot of these guys feel kind of like it's like a competitive thing it's like nah he was never better than me it's like the older guys kind of feel that way but it's like. AI is the same way. It's like they're not afraid to admit when some dude's balling, and they'll admit when a guy is better than them. And that's why I love Vic, and that's why I love AI. It's like these guys, the, the guys that can respect the younger generations and understand the change of guard. It just makes me feel so much better to absolutely. be a fan of the sport. You know, abs absolutely. Well, you're not a Ken- Kenny Smith fan. Oh God, <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, so I guess. Um, to you know to kind of get that final transition in or um to build off of the mvp it's like you know we we mentioned some surprises uh kind of we've hinted at some surprises and and some letdowns but um i guess jeff and nahom how do you guys want to do this do you want to go player like best player surprises and and upsets or do you want to go uh team wise i i had some players written down I, i know we're going a little long i can just kind of rattle them off quick yeah, I mean, we can. Yeah, we can. To, we yeah, let's go. Let's go like one or two players. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just say all the names and those two I talk about because some of these guys we talked about, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Diggs. The talent was there, but short off season with COVID, these were guys I personally avoided in drafts coming into the year because we didn't know like what the off season would look like for them, and they're just balling. I mean, yeah. Hopkins twenty like twenty two two nineteen and one. Diggs sixteen two thirty nine and one. Another guy, Ridley. Like, yeah, I mean, stud. 
absolute stud. I mean, Julio has been dealing with injuries, but like last week he played, really didn't get the looks against uh, Dallas. And you know what's funny? Just like a little weird stat I found tonight. Ridley has the exact same line this year as Steph Diggs. They both have 22 for 239, and uh, the touchdowns are different. Diggs has got one, Ridley's got four, and they uh, both have 16 catches. So 16 Wild. catches on 22 targets, exact same yardage, touchdowns are different. But, I mean, Ridley only had seven touchdowns last year. He's already got four through this year. So positive touchdown regression. Like, we knew it was coming, but that surprised me that fast. So that's a guy I wanted to go kind of in-depth on. And then another guy, Corey Davis, man, is he like the Devontae Parker of this year? A guy kind of like the fantasy community and like the analytics community has been like the darling for years. You know, uh, A.J. Brown gets hurt the same way that uh, Preston Williams got hurt last year. Obviously not the same player, you know, but the same type of thing where a guy gets hurt. Another guy who kind of been forgotten about steps up. You know, Corey Davis this year, 10 catches on 13 targets, buck 37 and a tutty. Like, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I think that the Titans, if they can throw the ball, aren't going to be unidimensional running with Derrick Henry. And yeah. Tan- Tannehill has proven that he's more than capable, so – yeah, yeah, there's four wide receivers this year, man. I, I think those are the guys that have surprised me. I think James Robinson's low-hanging fruit, and I don't want to, like, waste time. We're recording this on Friday. I'm sure everyone saw the game last night, Thursday night. James Robinson balled. Still. So, yeah, just those those guys and wide receivers. I mean, I, 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 I'm I surprised about them. For sure. Oh, oh. Not, not doubting the talent. The talent was all yeah. – ta- maybe Corey Davis people doubted the talent. Yeah. Mainly production. Um, the production. Yeah. I I'm gonna go with the entire rookie class. Um, I think like with what Jeff mentioned, everybody thought that off of <clears throat> including me, everybody thought that like we weren't gonna get like the these like full rookie debuts or debuts. Um, everybody thought that you know like they really have it. There's no preseason, um, no OTAs for the rookies, um, no mini camps and stuff like that. So they really, I was really worried about like the defensive side specifically with Patrick Queen because. Defense like the Ravens, it's a complex playbook. It's a, like there's a lot of different, like there's a lot of disguises and all that, like to understand that as a rookie coming in without preseason action, less time than any given year. I was really down on like Patrick, Patrick Queen having the year. Even I was listening to the Ravens uh, podcast with Garrett Downing and Ryan Meek. Great guys. Um, uh, Clay's Campbell was on there. And he was like, he mentioned something like uh, the same thing that I said. Um, he didn't think that, like, the rookies would have, like, the same, like, rookie years that, like, rookies in the past have had just because of that reason. And I think the way players like Chase Young, Patrick Queen, from, mainly from the defensive side, have stepped in. It's been incredible. Like, Patrick Queen is um, our team leader in tackles. He had a sad get called back last week. If not, he would have two, two and a half right now. Um, he has a forced fumble on one of the strongest running backs in the league. Um, if you guys didn't know, I'm a Ravens fan, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, even like even like, even with Chase Young, like he's honestly like top five like defensive lineman at this point, defensive end in the league right now, and as a rookie to come in. Yeah, and I guess defensive end position is different, but like I'm just I'm Kenneth Murray. That's another guy I've been impressed with. Um, so yeah, you- the entire rookie class. What's up? This is a hot take. Like no 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 analysis, just just the answer. Who's your O Roy and D Roy so far this year? If you had to pick. Chase Young, and <laughs> right, like it, it's hard without defending. It's just like, no, not one. Chase Young, without a doubt. Two. Herbert, baby. That's 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 Ox. not a bad pick. Lock it in. Lock it in. Seriously, though, seriously, like he he played amazing against like against the Kansas City team. To a good defense. 
Yeah. Like that. One hour notice. On it, like less than five minutes. That's very, very impressive, bro. And I I think what's interesting is like, same thing with Baker. Like last year when Baker, two years ago when Baker came in for Tyrod after getting hurt, we saw that Baker was a clear running back. I love Tyrod. Tyrod is a former Raven. I love Tyrod. But is he getting like, Overrated by these coaches, or like again, I'm not in, I'm not in the room, so I don't see anything that's going on. I'm not in the yeah, yeah. but on like on the field, like who have looked better? Like Baker looked better when he started playing than Tyrod did, um, and Justin Herbert in his one game looked better than he did against a better defense. Yeah, uh, Tyrod did against the Bengals. So I think if Herbert, with unfortunately Tyrod not being able to play the rest of these, I pray for his health. But absolutely, um, same person. Yeah. I, th- I think there is something to be said, though. Not to get too like again off off tangent on Tyrod, off to- off topic on Tyrod, mm-hmm. but uh, the fact that he's able to kind of come in and mentor that he's pretty incredibly selfless. I think we saw that. He's a good vet. Dogs. He's a really like, good vet. Really good humanitarian. Love what he's doing for like Tyrod, everything. Too. Everything going on in the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, just he, he's a guy. He has a Super Bowl ring with the uh, the Ravens. You know, he he's kind of done what you really want. I don't want to call him a journeyman because I feel like people know his role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not a guy that just bounces for no reason. Like he goes yeah. with intentions of being a good dude. I mean, he led Buffalo to the playoffs the one year. Exactly right. Yep, right. that's true. Yeah, like he's a guy who is never going to be like a franchise, like very big name, because I think he's like a career backup is probably the best way to put it. Like career yeah. backup fringe starter. He's a he's vet. Like, he's, he's a like, good he's vet. Like, he's like Ryan Fitzpatrick, similar to Ryan Fitzpatrick. But Fitzpatrick is a guy not in terms of the game, but like the role bounced around, kind of been like a mentor. Yeah. Add on to that, like, you two have been fired with transitions all night, but... Thank you. Tyrod has been, like, fired with transitions his whole career. Like, <laughs> Bills, he led them to the playoffs, and then Josh Allen came in, now their future is bright. The right. Browns, after he came in, their future is bright. Um, yeah. If we can get it right. The yeah. Chargers, they're looking really good. They have a solid defense, a young defense. Yeah. yeah. The offense just needs the right quarterback, and they're, they're off to assault there. So, like, he's the perfect transition piece, in my opinion. If, if our listeners didn't watch Hard Knocks, I highly recommend it this year. It was just an incredibly unique and really good season between the COVID, everything going on in the world. But there was a yeah. scene where in the Chargers, there's a like wide receiver quarterback room. They, they kept going back to that room a lot. Like, before the meeting starts, you saw, like, Tyrod, like, go up to the podium and, like, talk about a, like a, it was, like, a, bone, a blown coverage or, like, a play or something. And you see he's, like, breaking it down for everyone in the room, and, like, including Herbert, including, like, guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like, he, he is just such a pro's pro, and I just yeah. I can't say enough about him. Yeah, he's a player you really cannot hate for any reason. Oh, ab- absolutely. And prayers, I mean, I hope his recovery is speedy. I, I yeah, don't, of course. I don't, and I hope, it's, I hope he's healthy, you know, soon. I, yeah. I love the guy. I love seeing him play, and I love just seeing him compete. Yeah, you can't really say a bad word about him. Like, yes. Yeah, so, um, so I guess my uh, surprise. Yeah, Brian, um, who, who was your surprise? Not, not, oh, I gotta sorry. Ask you. Uh, yeah, my surprise um, from what we've seen, I, I think Kareem Hunt is worthy of a mention here. Um, nice. I know he was a guy that a lot of people kind of wrote out because, um, you know, Nick Chubb ran so well last season. Um, granted, Kareem Hunt missed, what, seven, six games? Um, it was seven. Yeah. Was so, everything before the bye week. Yeah, so, you know – I think Kareem Hunt, you know, from what I've seen, I've been thoroughly impressed. You know, he's definitely he's, he he comes off again as the guy that led the league in rushing a few years back. So, um, you know, from what we've seen, I, I think I've been very surprised 
Um, because I, I know I was somebody that wasn't really targeting him in drafts um, because I saw him and I was just kind of like, you know, is he just the pass catcher? Like, how are they going to supplement him? Obviously, I think he cools off because they're not going to be able to run like that uh, versus every team, and they're not going to be able to get out ahead against a lot of teams. Um, but, you know, from what we've seen so far, I think he's definitely been a surprise. Um, and then I guess I'll transition into somebody I've been kind of down on or somebody that I expected more of. Um, and maybe this could go either way, but AJ Green for me, um, you know, this is, this is from what we've seen his first healthy start to a season in a long time. Um, I think it's one of his better quarterback situations in a long time. Um, and you know, he hasn't been great. Um, you know, I think he has less than six catches in both outings this, this year, five and three. Yep. Yeah. Five and three. And hasn't, hasn't hit that like 70 yard threshold yet. I don't think he has a touchdown either. So, um, you know, I wasn't huge on him. So it's like not a huge, like he is not a huge letdown for me, but I think just for his sake and, and knowing, you know, we all know how good he was because, you know, as Ravens fans, we've seen him twice a year for the better half of his career. So, and the healthier half of his career. So, you know, we know what his ceiling is and we know that his floor is usually much higher than what it is right now. Um, but, you know, I think I was a little let down cause I, I did have some high hopes for him, you know, with Burrow. Cause like I said, I love Burrow. So, and plus with him, you know, not having to carry the weight, as much as he used to because now he has Boyd. So, um, you know, I, I do expect him to have a better latter half of the year as we are only going into week three, but um, it is somebody that I kind of expected more of in these first two weeks. I think so, my, yeah, oh, go, ahead, go ahead with your, what your, yeah, go ahead your letdown. Yeah. My letdown. I think um, I'm going to have to go with Kirk cousins. Um, and again, it's been two weeks. Good point. Um, but that's a good one. Last year, I'll just, I'll just pull this up. Last year was her cousin's third best completion percentage year and his best ever, like, quarterback rating, like, year. It was a, it looked unreal last year. And yeah. he, beat, he beat the Saints in the playoffs in New Orleans. He beat the Cowboys in primetime, too. That was his first primetime oh, win. Monday night. That yeah. was a big Monday move for him. Night. That yeah. was, like, the transition from when people he, were, like, is Kirk Cousins good or is this just a weird like that was, he was big? He was never worth his contract till last year. Exactly. And yeah. he changed the landscape of the NFC playoffs. Sorry to cut you off. He changed the landscape of the playoffs last year, both the games leading up and in that game against. And like Nahome said, he even got a playoff win yeah, in the Superdome. It's just a play in the Superdome. Yeah. And that's, that's with fans in it. With, with fans with, in it, yeah, and then with you had fans the, in it. the narrative coming off the uh, the blown pass interference. The I was at that game; it was wild the year before. Like you walk into that environment with that fired up fan base of like we got screwed last year. Beautiful throw to Kyle Rudolph on the corner. Oh yeah. my god, it was that, like to make to make that play and then go for throw for what a forty two percent completion percentage, one hundred thirteen yards, and three interceptions against Rocky Thin and the freaking Colts. Like that's that's really really short, like troubling. It's just but but but, but no Steph Diggs, right? Like that's that's what. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it. That's that's what people are saying though. Yeah. I mean that that's fair though. Like no Steph Diggs, Kevin Stefanski left. Their run game hasn't looked good since he left. Kubiak's there though. Kubiak is a great West like West Coast like mind. He yeah. changed Joe Flacco for that one year that he was there. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, he's, he's just been he's been a surprise so far. And again, like Ryan said, we're only heading into week three, so we have a lot to see. But two weeks in, uh, I guess I, the Colts have the number one rated uh, pass defense right now. But again, I think that's more so a small sample size than like talent. Yeah, and look yeah. at who they've played. I mean, they played um, Jacksonville, who actually gave them a really good game. Um, but then you play Kirk Cousins, yeah, so it's like again, like every week is different. But to lose to a team in the way you did. When the week before the team that beat them loses to Miami Dolphins on like in prime night, like on prime time, like that's that was just really troubling for me. I like I'm one of the few people on this earth that like genuinely love her cousins up until he said if I die, I die with the whole COVID thing. Very but, very suspect. Wild. There. Very suspect there. What 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 a take. Hot take. Right, right, right. But but yeah, he's he's been disappointed so far. I really hope that they can turn around. I hope that Justin Jefferson can stay healthy. And yeah. All right, Jeff, what do you got? Who, who, who has let you down? Yeah, I, I had a guy written down, and it was Allen Robinson. And, but I talked so nice about him earlier in the podcast, I don't really want to, like, talk bad about him now, and I think we can chalk a lot of it up to Trubitsky. But here, a guy I was thinking about during the podcast, uh, I want to change it to, it was actually Sean Payton. And I'll tell you why. Sean Payton. I like on. this. So, so week one, I, I don't have the stats in front. I didn't prep this. But I believe Mike Thomas had like two targets in the first half of the Saints game week one against Tampa Bay. He ended Bay. with like three or four catches. He caught, he caught – it was four catches. He got hurt on a play he had no business being in on. The end of the game as well. A touchdown right. he didn't need to be on because there was no need for a Michael Thomas decoy on the one-yard line. Yeah, just bring in another tight – like bring in Taysom Hill. Like bring in Jared Cook. Bring in who – like, yeah. And then last week – like, I'm a Jared Cook fantasy owner. Bought in Jared Cook this year. Really like – I didn't trust Manny Sanders as the, the second option there. I really like Cook. Uh, but how do you not target – I think Jared Cook had, like, three targets on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Like, the game plans this year, what are they doing? Yeah. You know, like – In a you, game you, where Cook should have thrived. Like, it, that should have right. been a Who game where Cook should have went nuts. Cook on Oakland? It would have been, like, Jonathan Abrams maybe? No, but Abrams plays oh, center field. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Who would it have been? I'm, I'm not as big of a defensive guy as our uh, self-proclaimed defensive specialist in the home. <laughs> who, who, would, who would it Got have been? Got a bear shirt on. Right, like who would it have been on <laughs> Oakland to cover Cook? I mean, when I was looking at the matchups, I'm just like – and this was, uh, this was a New Orleans team that had just gotten toasted by O.J. Howard. Like, if, if you aggregate, like, the Tampa Bay tight end, like, you know what I mean? Like, now, may I add, Bruce Arians doesn't use yeah. tight end. So the fact that they got beat by a Bruce Arians tight end scheme, that's saying something. That that, that was against the Saints. I had that backwards. Who did Oakland play week one? They played the Panthers. Yeah, Panthers. It was a shootout. Yeah, but I mean, I was just looking at that matchup. Like, who was going to cover Jared Cook? You you lose Mike Thomas. And yeah, I mean, they, they ran the ball a ton to Kamar, but they were running like while they were behind. They were they were doing what we were talking about. They were establishing the run in the fourth quarter, and Kamar had a great game. That's that hey, that's that Jason Garrett offense, man. Yeah, it's just like the game plans. Like, how do you not target Mike Thomas week one? Like, I remember the DFS community, like everyone played him. Yeah. Just in a smash spot against Tampa Bay, which is a pass funnel. So, I, yeah, I don't know, like what New Orleans is doing this year. Breeze, a Breeze looks like Father Time is catching off to him a little bit. Which is scary because I hate yeah. that. I, I hate, hate that. that Drew Brees doesn't yeah. look like Drew Brees, and it scares me because he's one of my favorite uh, players to watch. Just I purely, would, just talent. Yeah. He is so fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, so, he, he. We're all gonna start crying eventually. Let's not. Let's not talk about Brees. I mean, I had plans to go to that game against Tampa Bay week one because, like, I just have immense respect for Brady and Breeze. Like, even as a Ravens, yeah. I'm, I'm a Ravens fan as well. You, 
as much, as much as we, we curse Tom Brady when we play against him, you have to take a step back and be like, Tom Brady's incredible. Yeah. One of, if not the greatest of all time. Breeze is up there with like him, Favre, Manning, plus the older legends. Like there, there was the guys from the 2000s era. Yeah. And, you know, you have like Unitas, Marino, LA, blah, 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 blah. Montana. Yeah, all yeah. yeah. Like I, I really hope we get another season out of Breeze and that matchup again next year with fans because I think that like I can't believe that wasn't a primetime game. Makes all the difference to me as the fans, especially in yeah. Superdome. I, I don't know if it's Sean Payton. I don't know what the plan is. But, yeah, no, I, I during the podcast, I was kind of thinking like, you know, what are the Saints doing this year? Because it isn't pretty. Like, even yeah. week one, like, they beat Tampa. I get it. But, like, they beat Tampa in their in Tampa's first game. Of I would say – And well, Bruce Arians. Their, their like, defense what? beat Tampa with the Brady yes. – Wasn't there, like, a Brady pick six or, like, multiple – It was. Turnovers? It was yeah. one Brady pick six, and then he had thrown another pick or he had turned it over. Somebody turned it over, and it wasn't pretty. Yeah, no. The reason I just cut you off is, like, I think Arians is doing a decent job this year. But, yeah, mm-hmm. like it was just week one Brady in a new scheme, and the New Orleans defense give them all the credit in the world. They kept them in that game Monday night, too. I mean, yeah. like, Waller obviously had, like, a career game. Stud. Um, well, yeah, Waller stud. stud. But, yeah, I just hope the Saints, like, they don't oh rush – I hope they don't rush Mike Thomas back because I heard, like, they're trying to shorten that injury. And, like, we saw that last year with Kamar. Like, he didn't to... practice today. Right, so but he got he's... a second opinion. And, then, like, initially it was four weeks, and now they're trying to make it Now two. it's, like, two. Yeah, like, I – it's, so he's already been – apparently he's already been ruled out. Um, okay, he's good. one – and to kind of touch on somebody previously that we mentioned, um, LaFleur said that Devontae was – he said pretty much doubtful okay. um, for their game. And I know they have what – they have the Monday night? Are they Monday night? No, Ravens is Monday night. Oh, Sun, the Packers play Sunday night, yeah? Yeah, so um, today oh, was his last opportunity. Yeah. So his opportunity to practice, his last practice was today, and I am pretty sure that Devontae, even if he was limited, I don't think he practiced much. So he's got, like, walkthroughs tomorrow, and that shouldn't – that's probably not going to be enough for him to play a Sunday night primetime game. Yeah, I guess just to wrap up my Saints point, and Sean, I don't know if it's Sean Payton. I don't, I don't, I don't want to put the blame on one person. I, I said Sean Payton's name, but I think the point that I talk about with the game plans is hopefully to our listeners. No, it's definitely saying. valid. Yeah. No, it's definitely right. valid because it's think, like they're coming out flat. They, well, they shouldn't be. But Kamara's look good. Maybe it's because they paid Kamara all that money. So it's like, all right, we're going to get our value out of Kamara. Like we just paid him. And they did that with Mike Thomas last year. Did they that paid him and then used him. He went nuts. Yeah, just week one, I was watching that game because I think like a lot of people were watching like the Brady Breeze game. It was on national television. It's like, where's Mike Thomas? The entire game, I was just like, where's Mike Thomas? Yeah, I was sitting there like, what, like knowing Mike Thomas and being a fan of him since he was in college because he was yeah. on the national championship team with Zeke and he went in the second round of the 2016 draft like yeah. you know being such a fan of him i was sitting there watching that game and it was like it's it was like a where's mike thomas but it was also like when is it gonna happen when right like when ha- like i'm yep. waiting on the switch because yep. like first half was slow i was like ooh, second half's gonna be big and yep. i'm like i'm f- like i'm waiting for the mike thomas switch and i'm like here it comes here it comes and then it's like it it, it was all until yeah, the second I mean, half, and then he gets hurt, and I'm like, man, you've you've completely th- like, yes, it's a win, but to what extent? Right. Didn't he like injure himself to start though? Wasn't it early in the game? I don't think so. I remember oh, it was a late game. It was that. It was I think last. it was the touchdown to to put them ahead by two scores. Yeah, it was like a touchdown they didn't need. 
thought yeah. that there was like some sort of, I thought no. it was like a silent report on it. It was in the fourth quarter. It was like fourth yeah. quarter, like less than three minutes. Yeah. It, and it he got a, like rolled up on. It was weird. Yeah, it was like one of those where he, he had like gotten pushed back into the pile and he just kind of like, mm-hmm. I was like, man, he shouldn't even be there. Like exactly. that's not even Michael Thomas's territory. Like, don't like, yes, he's a stud in the goal he line because he's just a beast because he's just, he's physical. He's a physical guy. But yep. like looking back and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. but what you don't need Michael Thomas blocking outside there. No, you just don't need that. Like you could very well use a second tight end and get what you need to get done. Get you, yeah. Use Taysom Hill. Yeah. That, that's why I wanted to bring that up. Uh, I mean, Another thing, it's like, I feel like Mike Thomas is, you talk about when is it going to happen? I think a lot of people, fantasy and just like fans of the NFL, were like, when's it going to happen? Because I feel like Mike Thomas is a guy like James White, where James White can have like a very pedestrian, like two quarters, but then the two minute drill, it's like dump off, dump off, dump off. It's everything. Yes. It's it's like zero to a hundred. Yeah. And like Mike Thomas is a possession guy. So like he should get his throughout the entire game, but watching the Saints, like the last couple of years, it feels like Mike Thomas has had one or two drives where he just gets like four to six targets and he is their chain mover and mm-hmm. we just didn't see that against them and you know i i wonder how different monday night would have been had they had mike thomas but they had jared cook who i think was in a plus matchup and they just didn't target him kamar yeah. had a great game but they didn't come out with a w and with the nfc south being as competitive as i think it's going to be with at least three of the teams you need all the wins you can get yeah so the saints slash um uh, Sean Payton is my kind of disappointment so far. All right. Well, um, I mean, I don't, I don't think we had anything else on the agenda. Oh, let's uh, what's our pick of the week? One game. Oh, you're right. Our well, one... well, I have one other thing. Uh, so you want some DS? We talked about some DFS values. I can just rattle these off real quick. Yeah, good. Um, you can, you can, you can yeah. carry those. I'm a big DFS guy. If you know people listening this far into the podcast or so, because I'm sure you can do timestamps. If people are interested in the DFS content, let me know. Uh, I'm just not going to call out like the most expensive chalk guys, but some lower price guys in games I'm interested in. Uh, Zach Ertz and Deshaun Jackson. Ertz has been a really pedestrian year so far this year. 5100. Djax 52. We talked about a potential script for that Cincy Philly game. Those two guys, and then on the other side of the ball, I called out Drew Sample. 3500. Nine targets week one. I think if you're trying to stack that game, he's going to be a lot less owned than uh, Mixon, Boyd, and AJ Green. Yep. So some true sample there. A way to be different in large-scale tournaments is double tight end. So if you want to stack it like Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, Drew Sample with little Carson Wentz action, that's like a way to be different this Maybe week. Maybe sub in Mark Andrews as well because you know that they're going to be throwing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Mark Andrews is Monday Night Football, so different slate. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so I think like double tight end is not something that game theory tells you to do, but is a way to be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in tournament lineups you got to be exactly. different in those tournament dart throws yeah i think it's like a way to be different without playing like like another guy i'm gonna bring up is like the denver pass catchers uh well because, with minus Cortland sutton well it's no sutton and i think if judy isn't out he's doubtful and so yes. it's like hamler and a couple other guys there they're like all min price yep. uh I, I don't i don't know of one i like better than the others but in a game they should be trailing at like the denver cat pass catchers and one final one uh josh kelly five thousand against carolina Joshua Kelly. Uh, so I think a lot of people are going to go to Mike Davis at 5,200 because yep. of CMC. Kelly is a good now, pivot though. Yeah. He's a really nice leverage play. We've seen Carolina been torched two weeks in a row for net. I mean, you, if you want to add Ronald Jones together, like four net Ronald Jones last week against uh, Carolina week one, Josh Jacobs is a smash against Carolina. So I don't think Josh Kelly's getting enough love. I mean, he'll probably come in under 15 mm-hmm. to 10 to 15%. So I just want to rattle off those guys. Uh, I think Josh Kelly's a really nice GPP pivot. 
But yeah, uh, my, Miles, Miles Sanders in cash games. We talked about him earlier. Miles Sanders everywhere. Yep. All right, Nahome, what do you got for your uh, for your hammer? What, what's your what's your what's your what's your sure you know surefire uh, win of the week? Okay, so I'm gonna pick a game that you guys are gonna not believe that I'm picking. So okay, I'm gonna give both of you guys one guess. Like, go through go through the, the Dolphins. Game. No, 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 no. Just go through <laughs> the do- Dolphins against Jacksonville. <laughs> I like that. I like that, Judge. But um, go through go through the list and then pick one game where you think I'm not like I'm not gonna pick that game. There's no way he's picking that game. Oh, I got it. It's jumping out of the screen at me. Jeff, Jeff, you go first. Here, I'm pulling up the schedule. Week, 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 week three. I normally by this point this week, I have like all the games memorized, all the lines. I just like have been a little busy, so I haven't like done as much this week for the like DraftKings and stuff. Is it is it gonna be like the the Giants upset the Niners? Uh, I got. I think what he's going. I think what Nahom is going to pick is Falcons. No. Okay. I'll give one of you guys both of you one. Keep going, keep going, keep going. No, just say it. No, it's, no. It's been long enough. I want you guys to guess. Come on, just rapid fire, rapid fire. Give me one more, just one guess each. Vikings. No. The, the 0-2 Texans upset the Steelers. I'm going Rams-Bills. I'm picking that game. Okay. Okay. Who's so you're going Rams. I'm going Rams. Okay. Just, just, just stepping on my Josh Allen for MVP pick. Yeah, already. no, stepping on our parade. Yeah. You're raining on the there. MVP one, parade. The, the way to beat the Bills, though. against the NFC West. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's what I say. Like, the, the way to beat the Bills, I saw the stat this week. I think it was Ian Harlitz from Pro Football Focus. The way to beat the Bills has been the slot. So, Gusecki and then Crowder. Uh, Gusecki being a tight end, but tight end still, like, kind of play the slot. The way to beat the Bills looks like the middle of the field. <laughs> so, uh, you have Woods and Cup who are both splitting time in the slot. I don't hate that pick, home. Yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's a rather it, safe me. hot take. Yeah, I, I, I think – not, this is Nahum's take. I don't want to analyze his pick. I'll let him go off. But I'm just thinking from the – like, these are, this is a game I actually thought about from the DFS perspective this week. You have the, the Rams have three guys that all attack the middle of the field in Cup, Woods, and Higby. Uh, so I think the, another way to get different in tournaments is to mix in one of those guys. I don't think you want to stack this game. No, nah, I wouldn't stack it. I think it's going to be relatively – I think it'll be controlled pretty well. And Zach Moss is not playing. Make that yeah. a note. Singletary will be the guy there. Singletary will probably be a plus. I'm just – what do you think – I, I'm just not a big fan of, like, rushing when it comes to the Bills unless it's Josh Allen. Yeah. I just don't trust anybody there. Does Diggs increase your appeal? Like, the Jigs, Sean Brown, like, these, like, you know, the speedsters? What do you mean? Just, like, just these fast kind of wide receivers, shifty guys. Overall, like, for the Bills? Like, as it is, like, does, does that, like, if, if I'm deciding between watching, a, like, for you, if you're deciding I, between watching a Bills game, another game, the presence of, like, I, a step. I think I would be more excited if they, have, if they had Kelvin Benjamin. What it take? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm what kidding. it take? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Ryan's getting up. I'm out. You just disrespected the state of Maryland with that take. <laughs> the the combination of Diggs and John Brown is very very like interesting to me. How you can match? They're not obviously they're not similar players, but when you think of like John Brown in offenses, he's he's never been the one. But he was in Arizona. There was Larry, and then there was him in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, with us on the outside, there was Crabtree. There was Crabtree, and then there was John Brown. Yeah, us now, being the Ravens for anybody that doesn't. Yeah, the, the Royal we again. The Royal. They'll, yep. they'll get it by now. They'll get it by now. But um, but yeah, now Diggs and John Brown, like he Diggs. I would say Diggs is the number one, the one, obviously, but easily. He's a different one than than like receivers that John Brown has played with, like the Crabtrees and the like Larry Fitzgerald. So I think that dynamic is really interesting how they're making it work. Because, like, you worry about 
similar skill sets with both. Maybe you worry a little more with Diggs. Like with John Brown, it's just straight speed. Both Diggs, he has speed, footwork, route running. But they're they're a little more similar. So the way they're making it work is really interesting for me. And I think Josh Allen is just the perfect quarterback because like you you worry about speed on both ends. And that way you have defenses pulled back worrying about – you have four players worrying about two players. And that just opens up the space for John, Josh Allen on third and nine. Yeah. Like situations like that. So I think, I think that's a really, really great situation for – like that's a great like offense to run. But – Man, you yeah. talked up your side and I talked up the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your pick was the Rams. You just talked up the Bills. I talked up I was, the Rams for you. I was, I was literally going to close it with. No. I was literally going to close it with. I was like, but I just have a feeling that it's going to be the Rams this week. I say, but the Rams by a billion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess. Uh, no, mine, nice, nice pick, no. Nice pick. Nice yeah, pick. no, I like that pick. Um, I think for mine, it's just a little, you know, something that we kind of discussed earlier. It's you know, I think I'm I'm starting. I'm going to continue the MVP parade. Um, and I'm, I'm hammering the Cardinals here home against Detroit. Um, I, I, there's been crazier stuff that's happened. Um, Detroit's played well these first two weeks. They haven't played great, but they've played well from what we expected for them. Um, but I think, you know, traveling to Arizona and competing with this hear me am i good yeah, yeah you're back now yeah um but like i said just competing with this arizona cardinals team i mean they're this is the cardinals are, are are really hot and um you know kyler's playing out of his mind and and akuda's playing but um you know i don't i don't see a world where where hop doesn't get his this week and and they, they control the game for sure so i, I, like I got that. cardinals over detroit i just looked it up kenny galladay hopes to make the debut does that swing it all for you he, He's a. I'm pretty sure I read that he's a game time decision, or he's okay. close to it. Um, the Cardinals are. I mean, they're they're the in fantasy perspective and in, in PPR for uh, full point. They're a um, they're the number one ranked uh, pass uh, defense mm-hmm. uh, against wide receivers. So, um, I mean, oh. it doesn't really change it for me. But uh, you know, it's definitely something I think about. But like I said, I think Arizona controls this game for a, a majority and. And, you know, whether Galladay gets his or not, I think this game is relatively comfortable for Arizona. Yeah. Uh, another thing, uh, I think from the DFS perspective is interesting. We saw Montgomery look like pretty good week one against the Lions. Uh, Aaron Jones kind of lit it up against the Lions last week. Now they get Kenny on Drake uh, and Chase Edmonds. I mean, Drake should get the Lions share of the work. I mean, he's a guy. I think he's in like the six thousands range. Don't quote Which me. Is safe. Like 64. Right. Yeah. He, like yeah. Jonathan Taylor's 7,000. When you could like, you know, we we know Taylor's workload, but Taylor's I think, gonna go nuts. May I add? Home yeah, no, the Jets. Oh my god! Yeah, home favored running backs in DFS, like just easy. There's a, there's a ton of running back plays this week. Now that yeah, I think so, about it. Yeah, so what there. you got, Jeff? What you got? Who's your hammer? Yeah. So yeah, I didn't mean to get sidetrack your pick. No, 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 you're all good. Uh, New England, New England. Uh, they're five and a half point favorites against Vegas. Vegas. I still say Oakland, but yeah, Vegas right. in in Foxborough. Uh, Belichick doesn't lose back-to-back games. Short week for Oakland, traveling west to east, like we talked about. Uh, I mean, we just talked about Cam. Came off a 400-yard performance. Who He's lost hot. to yeah, the big. MVP front runner. Uh, <laughs> Nikhil Harry is a guy who I was kind of like out on last year, you know, but he it, he didn't play the full year. He looked good. He looked good that uh, that game against the Seahawks. He looked good. Yeah. 
another thing, prayers for James White. I'm a huge James White guy. His family, yes, the tragedy yes, that happened yes. to him. Prayers you know, for so, James White, so of course. I, I hope that we see – I don't know if he's playing, but I hope if he does, James White has a huge game. Oh, my God, I'd love uh, it. Yeah, but I, I don't want to put base a pick based on a tragedy, but I want to add that note. Love James White. You know, I really hope he uh, – because he didn't have the opportunity to play last week. Has a really big week. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I think Belichick – they played Sunday night football, but uh, Oakland had one day less rest. Vegas. I don't think. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Vegas. Yeah, this is a shot. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. Wait, uh, Ruggs McCoy, isn't playing uh, Sunday. Ruggs is not playing. He's out. Okay. He's been I mean, out. So I was just gonna say the matchups. Like Waller's the only guy who I think New England might struggle a little bit to contain because we know New England's like pretty good against the run. And Jacobs is banged up a little bit. I don't yeah. think it'll take him out of the game, but I think it does take him to like 80%. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably see a little bit more uh, Richard than we would. Or Booker. Expect. Or Booker. Yeah, it's a combination yeah. of the two. But, I mean, I think the McCordy twins will handle like the Hunter Renfro. I mean, slot, but Hunter Renfro, Ryan, Ryan Edwards, Edwards yeah. Nelson Aguilar, like those guys. Uh, I think five, like we're, in this segment, just disclaimer for the viewers, we're just thinking who we think is going to win the game. Yeah. But I think even the spread, I think five and a half is too little against New England. I'd take them as a touchdown favorite easily. I, I, like think, I, think, I think seven and a half would be like a more intriguing line for me. I think that that's Yeah, and I think with Vegas coming across the country, like you mentioned, it's going to be tough. It's their first travel. I'm pretty sure it's their first. Oh, no, because they played in Carolina. But, um, yeah. you know, it's tough to travel across the country twice in your first three weeks of the season. Especially short um, week. Yeah, so – uh, I like that pick a lot. I like yeah. uh, I like the Patriots here as well. I, I talk I talk the other side of your guys' picks. Do you have any love for Oakland? Because I mean, the only thing I can think of is really Waller. I mean, Waller balled out. I don't know who for New England is going to cover Waller. I don't, like, I don't I don't think I told you this. I mean, even somebody else. But before the season, I was really like shocked at like the disrespect that the Raiders are getting. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought that like. Gruden like really had his year to like experiment with the team, and this year like without none of the AB distractions, um, shenanigans. Right, a full like off season. Like, Abrams with, is like, back with an offensive mind like Gruden, with the talent that he has. In, um, and Jacob, pretty good draft as well, may I add? Right, right. Yeah. Also, Absolutely. Their offensive line is so underrated. They played really well against the Saints with two injured with Rishi Incognito and Trent Brown who. I dislike both of them. By the way, um, they're but incognito has been a good piece for them. Right, right. They, yeah. both, they both they played well. They're still, they're still, they still played amazing with two um, non-starters coming in for them. So I know I, I just I really like the Raiders. I think this will be a fun game to watch, but I do think that this is a Patriots game to lose, based on like obviously the injuries too. Yeah, and I'm I'm with Nahome there. I think Vegas does look appealing just because of you know how they've won the last two, um, and who they've beaten you know they beat two nfc south opponents yeah um but uh you know i do like what i'm seeing but at the same time you know we've seen Derek carr play the last two years and while he has been you know he's played pretty well through two weeks you know when if and when does he return to what we've seen in the past um so i think i mean riding off of what he's done i think it is i mean i i can see people taking uh vegas here um, yeah. you know, but to me, like you mentioned, Belichick off of, off of a loss is probably one of the better, I'd take, I'd take the, the latter half of that. I'd take the, you know, the winning side of that. Um, but yeah, I, I like I said, I like new England here a lot. I'll add one. I'll add one point. Let's go now. Go now. I was just going to say, I don't think I like that stat anymore. Belichick losing 
like back-to-back weeks. It's like it happened last year. And I think it's just mm-hmm. they're, they're in a different era, different personnel, different era. So I, I just I, – I, I don't believe in that. Um, and I think with Derek Carr, like, yeah, he's had bad, like, past. But that was when the whole team was inconsistent. Like, he had no line help, no receiver help. They let go of Amari. Yeah. But that year with Amari before he got – before Derek Carr got in. And Amari kind of let go of himself there for a minute because he kind of, like th- – there was just a rift – and he wasn't playing like we had seen him play, and there was just some issues there. Kind of like the Allen Robinson situation. Yeah, Sim- and that's similar. Very well, could be the case. Now, the other, the other thing I'll point out make about Belichick, kind of count, you know, uh, response to Holmes' point. I think what Belichick does really well is takes away the team's best player. He, Belichick, oh my God, we, yeah. we've seen that his entire career, and I think that New England has historically been a team that's good against the run. We talked about the McCourty twins outside. I, I, I didn't even know that. Uh, Ruggs wasn't playing and so I think Belichick will find ways for Darren Waller to not beat him and I think he will force Carr to throw outside the numbers and if New England gets up kind of like I expect them to early with Cam with Harry with the running backs uh, I don't see them being able to pound Jacobs like they did Monday night for I I don't remember how many carries Jacobs had but I think it was close to 30. Yeah you're not going to be able to chase I mean you can't they won't be able to establish the run if they're down two scores. Exactly. And I think Gruden is smart enough where he's not going to do that. So yeah. I, I really like this game. Nahum said it's going to be a fun game to watch. 100%. With, with the Ravens playing on Monday night, it'll give me more flexibility this weekend to watch uh, some other games yeah, on Saturday. Right? So, yeah, New England. But, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, that was kind of where we are. That was week one of this, although it, it, it came pre-week three. Um, you know, hopefully we can keep doing this. And I know I had a, I had a lot of fun and – I know this is something that we enjoy doing. I mean, if this was up to us, even if it wasn't a podcast, we would do this. Um, oh, yeah, so I easily. guess, yeah. So just the fact that we're able to, you know, we have this ability to put it out. And even if, you know, I don't even care how many people listen to this. I just love talking football. Right. So, you know, even if nobody listens, I just, I love being able to talk this stuff, especially with you guys. So right. thank you guys. If you have listened, if you've just clicked along timestamps, I get that, but we appreciate you guys. For yeah. That. Thank yeah. you for listening. If you are, and thank you guys for even, you know, for all of us coming up with this and, and even doing what we're doing. This is, this is really cool. Yeah, no, I, I mean, for the, a little bit of backstory, like Nahome, Ryan and I all went to UMBC together. Uh, no. I was, I was two years ahead of them, but kind of situations and circumstances happened to where we all met and became friends. And I mean, we, I think Ryan and Nahome both said it. We, we can talk like this for hours. Right. Yeah. We, we, we sure. have. And, you know, we would love, I think we went like a little bit, a lot over what we expected to go tonight. Well, so yeah. Give us, give us feedback. Do you guys like kind of the more in-depth breakdowns or do you want us to pick like one or two topics and really hone in on them? One or two yeah. games? I agree. Or do you kind of like what we're doing tonight where we like bounce around, pick a number of things and go in-depth or should we just hit a lot of things with less depth? But knowing us, I think we'll, we'll end up going into like more depth. Right. Yeah, for sure uncontrollably especially with defensive specialists in the home yeah bears future future defensive coordinator for one for one game for one game all right go ahead now what do you got next next week i'll be the special teams crew as well you know okay yeah what do you you got to end the episode anything any words of wisdom anything you got um yeah greg zerline great job on that uh onside kick thank you for making it an entertaining game um and also the cowboys are winning this week All right. Well, it was nice doing this. We will see you guys next week. Uh, Most likely we'll probably do this definitely before the Thursday night game. So we have that to talk about, but um, yeah, yeah, no, uh, again, thank you all for listening. Socials. Should we do socials? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Just we so can they, do that. They know, they know, people know where to find us if you want to tweet at us that like, our, our, our stuff is trash. Yeah. Or, that, or that we made you a ton of money if you're in a state where you can bet and play responsibly. Yeah, uh, responsibly yeah. is the key word there. We are yeah. not responsible for any losses, though. Yes, we are not responsible for you this is believing purely- us. We're yeah. not professionals, okay? Yeah, we're, we're just we just talk. You chose to listen. Don't listen. He said that the Packers are going 6-10. <laughs> no, no, easy. Easy. It's, it's all right. But, you know, no. Uh, no, home. What's, what's your socials? So, uh... Twitter and Instagram at Ravens. So, oh. oh, okay. Oh, we're, we're complexing. I, I don't use my Twitter anymore. I will probably get back into it soon. But if you guys want to support, um, follow Into Visions. That's where I'll be posting any, like, sports edits or anything like that. Um, and also Nahome N1 on Instagram. Both on Instagram. So Nahome N1 and Into um, Visions. And two Visions and N-A-H-O-M-N-1. Uh, I guess for me, uh, I am. I recently converted to make my socials the same. Uh, so I have my Twitter and Instagram are two Shadley, uh, the number two, and then Shadley. It's all one word. Um, my last name with an, with another e at the end. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and, and give me a follow if you want. If not, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and then for me, just Twitter at Jeff Carr Sports. J-E-F-F-C-A-R-R sports. You know, uh, love to talk DFS, fantasy. Uh, I don't I don't actually sports bet, but I love talking about the lines because I think it's really interesting. I come from an analytical background, so I think it's really interesting to see, like, what Vegas is doing with so many new betters and states legalizing things. I think, uh, you know, tonight we talked about some lines I like, some lines I think are artificial. And uh, I think that that's an edge, like, people in fantasy and DFS can gain just by – looking at uh, the lines and adding some context to them. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed what we put out tonight. And yeah, again, sure. Ryan said it, but thank you, Nahom. Thank you, Ryan, for talking football with me for two hours. Hey, it is what it is. I'm, I'm down. I'm always down. You know that. No, this was fun. Well, yeah, of course. Same time. Well, not same time next week, but uh, same time next week. Yes. All right. Well, we will see you guys. All right, guys. See you.